Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Andor After Party by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. We've finished Andor, and therein, it's time to party. I am Colton Robertson, and I am joined today by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. I got a nice crisp bottle of water. I got some incense burning behind me. I got Andor pulled up right alongside you here on the screen, and I'm ready to do a scene-by-scene breakdown of Episode 9, titled Nobody's Listening, fitting for our podcast. Hey, I hope not. No, I hope that there's playing. someone out there in the world listening to our voices. No, there's plenty. There's plenty. There's plenty <laughs> of people listening. I just like to, I like to be a little self-deprecating every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another, uh, another great one here out Ooh. of Andor. Um, I mean, wow. Yeah, I just from, I mean, from last episode, we were hoping. You know, we don't want uh, Andor or Cassian to to stay in prison for any longer than he needs to be but it did make for rather good television so we were kind of hoping he would stay in prison for a little bit longer and i'm very very glad that that is what we got and Mm -hmm. seemingly are getting next episode as well um yeah i'm I'm just really glad the direction that the show went in magnificent Um, magnificent and i mean think about episode one yeah Right, like the, it, it really goes to show that like these really are arcs, like that are completely just unrelated to what happened in another arc, but at the same time still interwoven, like right. a master story that's interwoven without the it's, whole thing. It's so crazy well done. Like the writing on this show has been something else. Like, as far as when it comes to Star Wars storytelling, straight up, I don't I don't think we've gotten a story as well written as this one is. Like, uh, I'm talking entire trilogies, homie, like across from front to back. I don't think that there I don't think there is a single thing as well written as this. Movies as well. Star Wars. Anything well. with the Star Wars name on it. This is the best. This is the best written okay i need uh, i don't know i've today i've made the absolute realization that this is the best star wars television to exist that's Mm. without a doubt i think it's already it it was clear um i think after episode six was that yeah episode six the the big heist um Mm. i feel like after that it was like okay like from here on, you could say that this is the best Star Wars TV show, but now it's like, all right, come on. Like, how there's... close are we getting to it being the best Star Wars? 
Yeah. Um, now I guess that that is the question now. I don't know no, if I've arrived there yet. I guess writing, I haven't really thought about that. No, yeah, um, don't get me wrong. I don't think, like, obviously, as far as impact is concerned, as, par, as <laughs> far as, like, a just general mass appeal, no, obviously, this isn't going to be the mo- the, the best in that regard, but... Uh, I guess writing, writing really, wise, Star Wars was just kind of thrown together, right, you know? Yeah. Like, like really, really, he kind of walked into a lot of it, like... Yeah. Um, you know, not to discredit, you know, what, what he did. I mean, he did no, create no. a massive universe with, you and know, obviously, pl- obviously this doesn't exist without any of that. It goes without saying it's star Wars. Um, but like, I, I, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking is that like, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, the only thing that had like a thoroughly well thought out plan truly was the prequel trilogy. And, like, just because stuff's not planned doesn't mean it can't be well-written. I think Star Wars The Last Jedi is one of the best-written movies in the entire saga. I think it's one of the best-written pieces of media in Star Wars. And, obviously, 7, 8, and 9 didn't really have a certain, for sure, direction. Uh, But the prequel trilogy, you know, like, it was, we know exactly what we're doing with these three movies. And even then, and even then, when you consider dialogue and everything... Uh, just the character connections and obviously you get a little more time with these characters. I think we've already passed the amount of screen time that would have been the entire prequel trilogy or we're getting close to it. Um, mm. Like you I get think... a little more time in a TV show. Mm. I just think that as far as writing is concerned, I don't think, I don't think anything in star Wars comes close to it. I think it's kind of the same thing that we were experiencing with WandaVision. Whenever it first came out, we were like, Ooh, Wow, a different media to experience these these characters that we love, and we get to spend a lot more time with them, and it's mm. it's so nice. But now we've already kind of got that with Star Wars, yes. But now I I don't know the it, it and or the show. I don't I I can't group it with the Mandalorian, and I feel like the Mandalorian and Book of Boba um, are just kind of in a separate world for some reason. Um, even though it's literally the same, you know, universe and everything, but like, right. I guess, and, and you know, there are things to consider there, the time, the time period in which it takes place within the timeline, there, there, it's a little bit different of a tone it can take, um, true. but that doesn't change the fact that this is just like, this has just been a better show. And I don't, I don't say that to say, I don't like the Mandalorian or the book of Boba Fett. I fucking love I love all Star Wars. You know, you're not going to catch me out here like, ooh, I liked all Star Wars except that one thing. You know, like, uh, no, I, I fucking love all of it. So, like, when I say something's the best, I typically say something's the best when it's the thing that's currently on. And this is <laughs> this is currently on. And sure, maybe recency bias is playing into it, but I don't think it is. This uh, has actually been better than a lot of a, a lot of other things, especially coming off the coattails of a show like Kenobi. Like that was our last Star Wars show, and we had Obi- we had Obi Wan, we had we had Ewan McGregor back, we had Hayden Christensen back, we had uh, we had a little Leia going around, and I loved that show. You know, like I I absolutely loved that show, and I loved what it did for that character at that time. But as far as like quality is concerned, I just don't think you can honestly look me in the eye and tell me that Kenobi is a better show than Andor. is it just me this is kind of really sad to say but like 
is Kenobi kind of forgettable? Like a little bit? A, like, a little bit. Was it hyped up a little too much? Like, I think... Like, it was good, and it was great to, like, all the nostalgia and seeing all those old characters and, like, all the, you know, in a new kind of way, a new storytelling yeah. way and stuff. It was awesome, but, like... And it branched it branched the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy in a way that I didn't think was possible. Like, it made me... It was very, very satisfying. And I like, think there is there is a difference between something mm-hmm. being satisfying and being, like, well over, overwhelmingly good. Like... I guess the main difference is probably if you've never watched Star Wars, you don't really get much out of Kenobi. There's not a whole lot. You know, you get the little rebellion spirit, but like most of those characters die off because they're not Obi-Wan Kenobi or Darth Vader um, or Princess Leia. Um, And then in a show like this, you don't have to watch a single minute of Star Wars to understand what's going on with all of these characters pretty much mm. the only person that you had to have like a a lick of knowledge is maybe saw Guerrera, but still you can kind of assume or just assume he's a new character you know because they have no way of knowing he's an established character before right. um, so i mean like really there's nothing in this show that is um pre like prerequisite that's a bad way to say it but like you don't need any prior knowledge really to enjoy every aspect of the show Mm, right um and i think that's what makes it just so much better is that i feel like i can recommend this to my parents almost you know like um people who would have no interest in like even the mandalorian or book of boba like well and that's what's been cool is that like when the mandalorian came out it's what felt like the thing i could point to and go oh you don't need to watch any star wars to like the mandalorian you know and then mm. season two kind of uh, season two kind of steers away from that. It does steer a lot more into oh, you know a lot of things about a lot of people from a lot of places, and we're gonna we're gonna tie that in here. And uh, I have like, and that's the thing. I think both things have their place. I never want anyone to mm. hear the things I'm saying and go, oh, well, you're you're completely discrediting this other thing. No, I mm. fucking love the other thing. Mm. I promise, I do. Yeah, like I. <laughs> That, yeah. that that's the thing is that this show is just that good and uh like i compare it like this is the first thing i've felt comfortable going i've never made that claim on the podcast that it was the best star wars ever you know that's not something i've ever yeah. said about a show we're covering this yeah. truly has that potential especially after two seasons like after one season Whoa. we're already we're already getting there, and like if it if it just does what it's doing for the entire run, I have no doubt. And this is just based off. I mean, it's not solely based off just Cassian, I guess. I mean, the show it, it kind of really covers like the start of the rebellion, yeah. Re- like really. So I I was about to be like, and wow, like with a show that the main protagonist is just a kind of like a side character, well, not a side character, but in the main grand star wars story is definitely a side character um has a very big impact on the star wars story but like a show that you wouldn't expect to be the the golden egg of of star wars television i guess like i would expect it to be obi-wan or um i guess 
yeah, like some something with an established character that everyone knows that would be huge and grand. And but this one has felt by far the most grand out of mm. all of them. Um, well, and that's that was the thing too is that there there's been contemplation and discussion online about uh from a, a particular side of the fan base that really gives a shit about the amount of people watching. This has been the worst performing Disney Plus Star Wars show. It's not getting as many viewers as as, mm. as anything else. Uh, and, you know, I think that can be partially owed to it's not the first Star Wars show like The Mandalorian. It doesn't have Boba Fett in the title. It doesn't have Obi-Wan Kenobi in the title. You know what I'm saying? Like the all these things had something else going for it that a lot of people could get behind. So there was a lot of a there was a lot of discussion about what the show should have been called. And someone went went mm. as far as to say it should have been called like a, a, the the. Uh, the age of rebellion or like the birth of rebellion or something like that. And like, that's what was cool. Nimick's line? Uh, or did Nimick have like a little line that he said that was really, um, I don't know. I feel like there was a line that gotcha. could have been, I don't know. I really hope, uh, that that is that manifesto is kept up in the shower. Box I, hope so too. I hope it has like been safe. Uh... But that is interesting. I didn't think about the name of the show. Um, well, and I think it's important because, like, these episodes that we've spent specifically here in prison with Cassian, the show has a different name. People are like, what the fuck are we spending so much time with Cassian Andor for? Fair. You know, like, and that's the that's the thing is that, like, I don't want to see as much of anybody else as I am Cassian right now. You know, like, I think it's that's true. Rightful, it's rightfully called Andor. Every single thing that's happened is based around him. Like every single one. The first three episodes, getting him off Ferrix. The second three episodes, him being a crucial part of the heist and everyone dealing with it around him. And now we're here in prison. And I mean, like, he's clearly, clearly coming into his own as one of the most important people in the galaxy as everyone is after him. Um, like it's, it, it is rightfully called Andor. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no reason to think it should be, it should be anything else. And, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely fucking loving it. But, uh, Mm. are you ready for a scene by scene breakdown of the, uh, ninth episode titled nobody's listening? Oh yeah. Let's get into it, man. All right, let's get it. So we kick off the episode with, Deidre, uh, and she's, you know, she's just staring with contempt at, at Bix Colleen, who is, you know, being a little bit, uh, she's being a little silent about uh, all the, all that she's being interrogated. And, uh, you know, she's under threat of torture from one Mr. Dr. Gerst, who is a sick fuck. Guys. This guy's got problems. This whole scene is fucked, and any sort of—I mean, I didn't like like—is it Deidre or Deidre? Deidre. Deidre. I didn't really like Deidre before. I was just kind of like rooting for it as kind of like the woman in the workplace that has to work a little harder, you know, to get where she needs to go. Never was it like, oh, I love it. I want to see her win. Right. Right. Yeah. But like this has solidified my view on her. Um, she sucks hard. Like she is, she is, she is narc to the ultimate level. Like they does, they deserve to be 
to together, but not like they need. I don't know. I don't know what the situation should be between the two of them, but they should have an understanding that they are together, but to never touch each other and never to get with anyone else ever. It's like just an understanding they have that it's, I don't know. I, they don't deserve love. They're so far away from it. Um, (laughs) and yeah, that, that's, that's, that's where I stand now after this. Well, and I'll, uh, we'll have some more discussion about the, the relationship that is, uh, seemingly not budding necessarily because it's, it's harrowingly one-sided, um, which was just, uh, oh, they're sending this man out sad, huh? Um, it's like a, right, a Kristen so. Cole kind of. Yeah, you won't. Not really. He wasn't Cole. good in the first place, though. Yeah, right. So, like just, yeah, the way you feel about Kristen Cole when he goes, "Oh, a spoiled cunt," you know, like that's just all Cyril has ever been. Um, but this imagine Cassian gets with Deidre it would be <laughs> the ultimate. Like, Cuck wouldn't or Cuck. I called him Cuck. He would become Cuck. He wouldn't be Narc. No he would just be cuck narc, cuck, cuck, narc cuck, whatever. I don't think Cassian would do that. That'd be low for Cassian. Um, yeah, that would that would be a that'd be a low thing for him. But I would I, the good old seduction to get information trick. I don't think we're going that route with this show. But mm. it would be it would be classic. <laughs> hey, I mean he. He's a man of many talents, and he does what he needs to do to get the job done, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it means getting with an ISB agent. I mean, probably not the ISB agent that's looking for you, I guess, yeah, would I, I be the best idea. I don't think it's possible for her um, to be used by Cassian. <laughs> if I'm being like, if I'm being for real, I don't think she would actually ever be like, you know what? Forget everything I've been working for my entire career. I'm trying to fuck this rebel. Um, Narc, sit in the corner and watch. Um, This is a... But this scene between Bix and Deidre, I have four candidates for my favorite performance of the episode. And they are Adri Arjona as Bix and... Another one of those four is Denise Goff here mm. as as Deidre. She is fucking bone chilling. You know what? I didn't think about that. I hate her because of this scene, but I didn't think about how she actually had to act. She had to do that. Yeah. Like she had to act. Wow. Like you're a fish in my net or you're in my net, Bix. Are you a fish or a thief? Oh, and her like, little like lip twitches yeah, and like, like eye like, like like barely containing her anger like like a, she's pissed yeah, yeah like she's like like I don't care I will do whatever yeah, like I don't horrifying. care like oh she's horrifying to look at like and like what's crazy is this is a beautiful woman you know what I'm saying like the the woman who is playing Deidre is is a gorgeous woman I am scared to look at this woman's face. Like she is intimidating as all hell and she knows exactly how to be a fascist. She's incredible at it. Um, It's really like, how do you do that? You know, you show up as a normal human being and for work, you have to act as a fascist 
in the most, like, in a torturous way to someone directly right there with a mm. can, you know? And then, and then 30 minutes later, you go back to talking like a normal human. That's insane. Yeah, like, no, acting, acting's a wild profession, dude. Uh, but I will say, I think it probably would be easier to enter that mode in a setting like Star Wars. Where uh, you can go, I'm a part of the intergalactic empire. Yes, this script is a little too real, but uh, but Eesh. I still fall back on the idea that we're in a fantasy existence. You know, the, the the types of roles that I get a little bit more eked out by are like Leonardo DiCaprio as Calvin Candy and uh, <laughs> Adam Driver and Black Klansmen and shit like that. It's like, come on now, guys. Y'all, Rolling a bit too easily off the tongue there, it yeah. seems, you know, yeah. uh, sometimes. A little, a little uh, bit, a little bit, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, this, this scene was just incredible, and it only gets more and more horrifying when Deidre leaves to leave her to Dr. Gerst. And uh, it's not, it's not pretty. Um, but we'll get there before long. What mm-hmm. I do love is this scene later on. Oh, it's a little later on. We'll get there. We'll get there. But for now, after that, we cut away to Cassie and Andor and his crew on Narkina 5, where they are chipping away at the building. Building, building, building. There's a, there's a table nearby who's a shorter man. They won't be shorter man all day. They'll be getting somebody new soon. Uh, but Olaf's having a rough time. And uh, it's evident from the get-go in this episode that his hand isn't okay. He might need some help. Uh, it's not looking good for him. This guy is in a Batman movie. He's in, um, oh my gosh, he's... Batman 89. I think so, yeah, as like a thug or something yeah, like that. He's the one who... In the... He's the one in the scene with the first iconic, I'm Batman. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I saw that on like, a, I don't know if it was like a TikTok or something over like a Andor recap or something like mm. that. And I'm like, no way, what, like... Um, I didn't recognize him whatsoever before, but it was just kind of like cool to be like, like I don't know, like a well, random dude that's on the prison. Rec- I recognize a couple of these dudes still. Like I haven't looked into it this week, but I I I know I've seen the guy who plays Jim Bach in something. I need to figure mm-hmm. that out. Um, even Taga and uh, and Olaf. Olaf was the other one that I was like, I know I've seen him somewhere, and I still don't know that Batman eighty nine is where I'm making that connection, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Regardless, uh, I really do like this scene as Cassian volunteers to switch with Taga and Kino comes on over and is like, what the fuck is this? What's y'all on? And they're like, oh, we're just doing a little bit of rebalancing. Whose idea was that? You know, what's what's going on? And uh, Cassian gives credit to Taga, who's like, oh, dude, don't don't get me in trouble. And then Kino's like, that was a good idea. Good job, man. And he's like, oh, cool. Yeah, that was on me. That was on me, man. That was me. I did that. It's like Dwight Schrute and uh, Michael Scott in the office for the golden ticket idea. Where they put the golden ticket in the bales of paper and they all went to the same place. That that show's insane. Is it? Did they take it off Netflix? Is it still... On there, it's probably on Peacock now. Or it's okay. That's right. That's right. Oh, sorry. Random side note there. 
But uh, no, yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> but uh, this scene continues with Kino asking Ulof how many shifts he's got left, and he says, "Be forty-one shifts tomorrow." And immediately, I went, "Fuck, man, what's gonna happen to my boy Ulof? He's about to get off. He's about to be fine. What's going on here?" Uh, and uh, it, it only got more and more sad for my boy. And uh, I love that you know, he's Kino lets us know he's the next out. He's the next one who's going to be heading home. Which just makes this hurt all the worse. Um, he headed home home. Oh, country roads. But he is the broker in Guardians of the Galaxy. Holy shit. Yes, he is. He He's real aliened out in that movie, though. He's the one who Quill... Oh, my God, trying to, to sell the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my and God. He's like, he's like, Ronan? I don't fuck with Ronan. No, we don't do that shit here. Wow. Is that where, is that where the recognition is from? Yeah, Batman, I, I, Jack the Giant Slayer, the fifth element, is what he's known for. Those are the I big four, at least. Certain for me, it was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Then like, uh, that, that's it. That is the thing. Hmm. That's crazy. I guess there it is. Doctor Who as well. Hmm. Um, possibly if you watch that, I don't know. That was another big thing. Look like. Pirate, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. He's been around. What's his name? Um, Fairbank. Christopher Fairbank. All right. Is Christopher his name. Christopher Fairbank. Had a hell of a performance to put on in this episode as well. Uh, the the acting just all around was crazy mm. this week. Uh, oh, yeah. Very, very everyone nice. came to fucking play. It and was, as uh, far as Jim Bach was the one you were trying to figure out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was? Uh, it doesn't. He's only known for Pan, Love Actually, Secrets and Lies, and The Witches. Those are his big on IMDb. All right. Does he even have a name? picture? Brian Bovell, Bovell, B-O-V-E-L-L. It doesn't even have a picture on IMDb, though. Okay, that's interesting. Um, but he's in a lot of stuff, though, is the thing. A minor, minor role in a lot of things, then? Yeah, uh, is what it's looking like. Well, and here's the thing, then. I probably just, like, I've watched a lot of these things, so I've probably mm-hmm. seen him just... Don't know what, exactly. Don't know what it was, you know, just because uh, I've seen... I've seen a lot of this. This is, uh, all right. That's good to know. Brian Bovell. I have seen love actually. And, hmm. uh, I do, I do. That's, that's vaguely, vaguely ringing a bell. Um, I watched that Tom and Jerry movie last year. So, you know, Tom and Jerry. Okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. There you go. Uh, I just saw that at the same time. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Regardless, dope dudes over there at table hmm. five on floor five. They they killing shit. Uh, yeah, they're they're winning too. Sometimes you know they 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 got a good crew even with an older fella. You know, like a rough time. Yeah, they're they're doing they're not doing too bad. Cassian's kind of having to do the job of two people throughout this episode. Yep, right? that's true. I guess maybe that's it. Maybe Cassian's just actually that goaded. I guess he's new. He's fresh. He's. You know, it hasn't Not been in it as long as everyone out. Yeah, true. I mean, like, now now we're kind of, we're another month later. Dang, that's that. true. Dang. And we have been here at least two months. Yeah. Um, which I'd be willing to bet is more than enough time to wear a man down in this. Uh, that's fair. 
in this set. That's a that's a long time. That many day no breaks. That's yeah. a long time. God damn. Like God, that's so brutal. They don't even ask they don't even ask how many days you have left. How 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 much they go how many shifts do you have left? You know, like yeah, it's they, not how they many days. They don't know where the sun is. They don't know how the sun is. They might feels. not even be the fucking day side, bro. That's true. Ooh. I had that thought. What if they tell both sides that they're day side? So that they're so that they're like, fuck yeah, I'll go to sleep tonight. You know, like uh Damn. At least I feel normal. Or mm-hmm. at least I feel better on the day sh- Oh dang, dude. I mean Every time I think of this prison, I think, like, it's so brutal in every aspect. Like, to have everything be so open, but to mm-hmm. know that you can't go anywhere without right. just absolutely getting fried. Like, it's... It, 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 but one flaw is the the changing of the shifts. Why even allow that one little time right there where everyone can see each other and talk to each other and communicate amongst each other you know why not just have a wall in between and not even have the day shift and night shift see each other that's a good point you know i hadn't uh i guess it's a tv show yeah well Um, it's probably that and i also think that they've made a point that like uh they're not supposed to talk here them talking here is like uh Everyone shut the fuck up. We're not like we're not supposed to be talking right now. Like True. We gotta get our shit together. Uh True. So I think it's it's probably just another one of those examples where if they do know. get caught talking, it's just another reason to punish them. That little switch though is like it's what's making me think that like what the the night shift just did is the day shift taking it apart. Like I half of me is believing that they're actually building something for the empire and half of me is believing that this is just a perpetual cycle of the same parts being put together and taken apart and I really hope it's not that like I would rather Cassian have some part in building the death star than it just be nothing um, right because at least I know that he he was part of uh or a very large reason to why it blew up so I think it's fair that he built a couple little frames, you know, right. of the part that he actually built over the span of a couple months. If if we spend more there, isn't enough to destroy a planet. So not on Cassian. Right. No, certainly not. Uh, no, that's my thing. You you have posed that idea that what they build during the day is what the night shift takes apart at night. Um, and like that idea is horrifying and. While I do think it would be extremely just on brand for the Empire to do something so fascist to just no purpose is even being served here. I do think they know how to use their resources a little bit better than that. Fair. Like if you're gonna if you're going to essentially enslave all of these people, they're building something. You know, like they're 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 building something. They're not just they're they're not just doing a perpetual take apart, put together, take apart, put together. Um but it is yeah, interesting. Like, where does you, all that shit go? Is it Why possible do- that we see like the construction of the Death Star at all, or like the beginnings of it? Like, I mean, it has we'd to be, be like we'd be towards the finish line of its construction. If I had like, to guess. is there like? I mean, 
was it always kept in one place or was it moved around? That's a good question. Is it is it actually like moving through space right now? Because or? that's the thing. It can move. It is a space state. You know, like it can it can go. Um Yeah, that's how it goes places. <laughs> which is insane. Like it's not just the hyperdrive. So like I wonder if because it'd be insane if like they're trying to escape and they see the Death Star. No, because if they would have, if if they see it, they, there's no way they wouldn't know about it yet. No, they can't. Like, yeah. there's, they they can't. wouldn't be like, oh shit, that's the Death Star, and it also would have just eliminated a whole bunch of speculation for Cassian and the Rebels in Rogue One. Because yeah, part of the mind. thing in Rogue One is whether or not the Death Star exists. Like yeah. that's what Cassian learns about at the very beginning of the movie from the spy from the spy he kills, shoots in the back. He's like a they're calling it a planet killer, like. There's a planet killer. They built it. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? No way. You know, like, so like. Say he is building parts for the Death Star. How do they wrap that up and give us the satisfaction that we know it's going to the Death Star without giving Cassian the knowledge that he built parts for the Death Star? One little montage showing us that single tool they finished rolling out and going wherever it's going. Uh, it doesn't need to take more it than 30 seconds. It is that easy, you're right. It yeah, is it that easy. Yeah, it doesn't need to take more than 30 seconds. And that's the other thing, too, is that I don't even know that we'll ever figure out exactly what he's building. Like, because I think part of that is just to hammer home that he doesn't know what he's what he's building. Like, uh, they just they just build and build and build. And, like, what would be say, vice versa for your idea same exact montage you show that get put, wheeled off to the side you show it get wheeled in the next day my thing is that they go to the same they go to the same lab with the same equipment that seems to always be there like already pre-strung and stuff but yeah, i guess but like probably the thing it's it's fed through the table like from beneath and whenever you're completed with them you push them all into a closet that closes off and you don't even know where they go so, like, okay. it could literally all just be feeding just back into the room. Like, it doesn't even leave the room, even. Because you would only have to buy one set for the room. That's it. Because it's all just feeding yeah. back into itself over and over and over. So, yeah, like... That'd be, that'd be terrible. That would be that'd be horrifying. But, uh... Or maybe... We'll get back, we'll get back to Narcan. Oh, Fox. shit. It might not even be the day shift takes apart the night shift. It might just be... The part that they put in the closet, that shift right then and there gets taken apart. Just, or maybe that's just the other room on the other side takes it apart. It goes through, it, it like, oh, dude, there's so many options. But no, it's the de- it, it is the Death Star. That is the coolest option. That's where I want it to go. I don't want to breathe, yeah. And the most meaningful, uh, I would, I would just... I mean, we'll probably find out what's going on on their escape. I can totally imagine them on their way out and, like, seeing that process mm. and being, like, oh, Just pissing shit, them off we even more. We weren't, we weren't even like, building anything. But that's uh, the thing is that, like, I just, there's zero utility that I can imagine. But that's the thing is that the, the, the Empire doesn't need utility, I guess. Like, they can just do things because they can do things. Like... That's just nuts. That's just nuts. But we're back on Ferrix in the hotel with Bix and Dr. Gerst next. 
And uh, Dr. Gerst has a nice little monologue here uh, about what she's about to experience. About how there's nothing intrinsically physical about the process, but some early trials were a bit a bit chaotic, in his words. And uh, he, uh, he describes a planet, or not a planet, a moon, in which a, a sentient species was not incredibly to the liking of this idea, the Dizon Frey Outer Rim Moon. And uh, the species, it was quite unusual, extremely hostile to this concept of what the Imperials had planned there. And uh, basically, in the massacre of those people, there was a broadcast and recording of that mission. And he says they make a sound as they die, a set of choral, agonized pleading. Uh, it's... Oof. He says, you know, it was unlike anything anyone had heard. People who were there to hear it went nuts actually being there. Uh, they've taken the recordings, modified them, layered them, adjusted them. And they also found, you know, children's screams as a part yeah. of it. If it wasn't bad enough, if you didn't want to hear the screams of a species being wiped out completely. How about we the just picked the out the children for you? Just the children. That's all you'll hear. Yeah, which, quote, which has its own particular effect. Like, this dude is fucking nuts. This man's a special kind of evil. And he he pulls out these little headphone-ass motherfuckers. Goes ahead and... Uh, it's we got the same stuff. as the the droid tech that, yeah, like, like, is, like, the permanent out. one. Yeah. It's like it's a, this is the live action version of it, but like this is I don't know uh, it was confirmed I, I saw or I don't forgot where I saw it, but this is like um, the same tech, which is like I don't know, but early on or something I forgot what the little nuance was why it's not like fully like, like the one dude is that yeah, bald dude that yeah um, why it's not like him but. Man, this, I don't know who comes up with these torture methods, or who came up with this prison, like, ar architect, how it works, like, who comes up with this stuff, but man, they're sick. Like, yo, when this dude goes, like, uh, it won't take long, of course, it won't feel that long, quote, from the inside, um, and if you're having trouble speaking, just shake your head side to side. We've got the suspenseful music welling and welling and welling. Everything's building up. Deidre goes ahead and comes back on in because this has got to be her favorite part. Uh, and, you know, she's like, you want to be sure of that, Bix, that you're that you're cooperating to your fullest ability. And because uh, it's repeat listenings that usually do the most damage. And it's right here that Adria Arjona's acting gets to a level that's just like, I, I, t I told you I had an anxiety attack watching this scene for the first time this morning and I, I was not exaggerating like I and it was it was the way the bottom drops out from under you here in a second where he asks are we ready and she's she's panicking you know she's she's afraid she's afraid and then the music just 
I like whenever she starts screaming, I legitimately uh-uh. had to pause the TV and like calm down. Yes, I mean, it, like, and it like sticks with her too. The music cuts yeah. and it's like just slowly more focusing on her face, and she's like breathing heavier and heavier and heavier, and like it's like building. You're like, like you don't hear anything at all. We like you don't hear hear the sound of the species, you know, whatever. But like you get what you yeah. need to get through and her it didn't face. Take like, long. It took five seconds before she started screaming. You like it was torturous immediately. You like, oh, dude, I had to pause. I had to calm down. I was breathing heavy. I had tears in my eyes. I was like, I'm 12 minutes into this episode right now, bro. Don't do this to me right now. It's 745 a.m. I'm not ready for this. Insane. And then to have her scream, just cut to the drill, like of the prison, you know, like, like just all of these just. And before the cut, potentially my favorite Easter egg in all of Star Wars media. If you have this, if you have this pulled up, like right at 12 minutes, uh, the next transition where the door slides shut and you watch a you watch an Imperial walk past the door, you see the exact same angle of a very similar shot on the Death Star when Vader is about to torture Leia and they get out of the room before you can get to it. It's the exact same thing. The door shutting and someone walking right past. That's uh, sick. Yeah, like it's uh, it's the exact same angle. The exact It was same an interesting shot. Yeah, now that like I'm looking at it, it was an interesting shot to like include. Cool, like a yeah. random kind of... Um, I guess, I don't know, to build, cut the camera off the torture, you know, you don't see what's happening, but you hear a scream. So I guess, I don't know, it does make yeah, sense. You know, but... you know what's going on, uh, to be sure. And that oh, shit's cool. Just, that was harrowing. Like it was just like, oh my God. Uh, and interesting to me, I'm curious, you know, later on in Rogue One, we have, uh, an entity that can, that knows the truth and can tell if you're lying. Boggle it. Uh, that little tentacle motherfucker mm. who can like latch onto you and get you to tell the truth and like tortures you until your your brain's fucking mush. One tends to lose one's mind. Um, is it their species that has this particular effect? That would be really cool if so. Well, and I think it would just it, it would it would further this little uh this little the lengths that these sides are willing to go to like this is a torture device to get information out of someone for the empire. It serves the same purpose for Saw Gerrera later on. That's what he's trying to get out of the the, the, the spy pilot. I didn't even think about that animal or that thing. Yeah. That, War gullet. Yeah. Wow. That'd be really cool if that's like the the last remaining, yeah. Somehow, um, one and it, I don't know how long they live for, but maybe they just don't. Maybe they're immortal. Who knows? I mean, like Rogue One's like four years later, you know. Like it's, but who knows? I mean, literally, it could. It's a species we kind of you know, know nothing about, other than it has. A board it going. can make people go insane. Um, damn. One tends to lose one's mind. Mm. Would occur in that scene, just just crazy. 
But like, yeah, the way they were talking about what happened to Pac and the way he was like, like uh, the prefect later on is like, uh, or maybe already happened. I don't remember. He's like, uh, I would love to hang him. Oh my God. Yeah. Or what's left of him. And I was just like, God, this guy is like, that's, 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 disturbing. that's yeah. Just, a little later. That um, I would love to hang him. Yeah. Like, Oh, you are. That's rough. And Deidre being like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, yeah all right. Yeah. Do whatever okay. you want. Okay. Yeah. I don't care. Like, uh, Oof. Yeah, oof as fuck. But uh, we next cut back to Narcina 5 where Cassian watches as a guard walks by overhead and he sees his way to the bathroom for a little break. But we, what we find in the bathroom is that he's pulling he's pulling uh, Andy Dufresne in this hoe. He's digging a hole in the wall. Oh, yeah. Uh, this little this little panel this little panel is his Rita Hayworth poster. You well, you think that whenever he gets through that whatever he's cutting. I'm assuming it's like a power conduit or something. Like a, yeah, I'm assuming that cut off the, the floor. Yeah. So they're going to try to fry and everyone's going to be like, like, oh, you don't have any power anymore. Yeah. And then riot. Like, well, I think he's, I, using, he's using a file and he doesn't make a lot of progress here. Um, it might he's be been going bit. for another month, presumably. Yeah. At least or at most. Um, who knows Damn. how recently he started this project, but uh, now we've got another homie on the inside who is is down with him. I don't know who this guy is yet. Already digging him, though. Uh, very, very cool. And uh, they break down exactly what the security is like here. They're, they These two are already contemplating how to get the fuck out of here. Uh, Cassian and the homie. They're, uh, you know, two men, two two guns, and uh, they, they decide that... Uh, they come to the conclusion that nothing that moves can fry you. So the elevator will come into play for how they get out of here. Mm. Um, and uh, this is where Cassian proposes the idea that they take it while it's in the middle of its, uh, in the middle of its ascent. They shut the elevator down. They take out one guard, steal his gun, and that way they can take out the other guard before anything happens. Um, and the other guy's like, nah, that's crazy. I don't think we can pull that off. And they... They ultimately don't do anything here. I think it was more, uh, you know, in theory for the future. I, f- um, I feel like they do this every day, like oh, every yeah. day or not. Maybe because um, I guess they don't get a new person every day. They don't, maybe don't necessarily have to stand on program like this every single shift. But I feel like right. it's kind of like they're just their planning process. Like they're not actually thinking about doing this in the moment right now. It's just oh, no, like no, no, no. at this time when it ha- were to happen we would do this now sort of thing, which I don't know. I like what a cool, like prison break. Like we, this isn't even really the prison break episode, but like the plotting, it's the planning of it. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. It's this one is, and it's it's like hardly even the planning of it. Like, uh, it's just kind of like the very, very bare bones of an escape plan. Maybe. Yeah. Like we're getting just, all we know is that the elevator does not shock you. It can't shock you, and it's going to be used somehow. They're going to take out, you know, like, um, and maybe the floors aren't going to be able to work. That's right. about it. That's about, like, all we know, which is... That is, that is it for now. Uh, and it's only headed in a better direction throughout this episode. But uh, after that little brief brief stand on Arkina 5, we cut back 
to Bix after being tortured. And I, I'm always curious what they do to actors on set to get them to look like that. Hmm. Like the torturous look that she has on her face right when right when they cut to her and she's like she's like leaning over in her chair. She's clearly very sweaty from everything that's been happening. And obviously I know sweat's easy to fake. But like You're right. This woman is incredible at acting. Like if they were just like if she was just sitting there like in between takes, like, yep, all right. And then they were like, All right, lean down and they're like, action, she's just like <gasps> you know what i'm saying like yeah how do maybe is maybe they just like all right take like 10 laps around the studio and then run in we'll get rolling right away you know like i'd I'd be willing to bet there's there are some scenes i've i've heard of that have done that not like with the show or anything but in Hmm. movies past that we've discussed (laughs) that is that is something that happens um like i wonder if it's literally just spray bottle and then just act go like That'd be insane. Amazing in this episode, dude. Adria Arjona is fucking balling. She's on some other shit, but uh, Deidre asks her, when was the last time you spoke with Cassie and Andor? And uh, she doesn't get a response, or so we're led to believe for now. Um, And after that, we cut back to Narkina 5, where Olaf's a little hesitant to admit he needs help, you know, uh, I can do it. And he's, and the way Cassian's like, I know, I know. Let me, let me do it. It's all right. Like, I get it. I know you can, but we better, we better just let me do it. Okay. Uh, and he asks, where do we stand? Are we in the game? And everyone looks at him confused. Uh, and Jim Bach tells him, you know, we're up a rack with an hour left. And, uh, this gets a response out of Ham. Who's like, uh, yo, we we just talked about this. We told you two minutes ago. And Olaf's like, oh, oh, don't you think I don't want to win? What the fuck's going on? Let's get working, homies. Come on. One rack up. Hours to lose. Let's go. And, uh, you know, I just. Sad. The signs of the withering health of Olaf were just. Just brutal. And the way Cassian looks at him here. Yeah. Like, oh, he's looking at like. Looking at him so sad, like looking away and looking back at him, looking away, like it's so sad. I like, think there's a decent chance that he's, uh, you know, the last time Cassian saw his mom, she was doing a lot better than she is now. But the last time we saw Marva, she was not doing great. You know, like she was she was deteriorating a a little quick, and I think I think more than anything this kind of interaction with Olaf is kind of reminding him that he probably won't ever see his mom again. Mm-hmm. I think is kind of where he's is kind of where his mind is at as he's working with Olaf and supporting Olaf. He like, he, he keeps in mind that, you know, someone he loves needs help. And so does this guy. So he's going to do his best and that should just, Oh man, that's a death I'm not ready for. Marva, Marva. oh that's gonna fuck me up. Yep, it's hap- it's happening. It's oh, going yeah. to happen. Oh, one hundred percent. And I'm gonna hate it. And oh, she's gonna, gonna she's gonna go out in a in, blaze of glory. I be- I it, she better she better go out in glory in some way for the rebellion. I don't. It, it has to happen. That'd be um, so epic. 
That'd be so epic. But uh, or comfortably, if it's if it's you know with, for the like, cause the only way or comfortably is if Cassian is like by her side. Yeah. If she's yep. like she's like on like her bed, Cassian, Bix, and Cassian Brasso. Right now. Yeah, like yeah, Brasso, a B, uh, B's there too. Just you know, like uh, Marva. Like you know, it'd be super sad, but like everyone's there, just chilling. Um, I don't know. And oh um, no, okay, no, we're not there yet. We're we still got to break out of prison. I'm I'm just gonna think about yep. it. Move on. Let's not think about it yet. We don't have no, to. No, we're good. We're good. Um, but, but is next... oh, is ahead. the like right? He, uh, whenever the guy's like, I would really like to hang him. Is that the dad? Or yeah. is that is that so? That's the Solomon Pock. <sighs> He's the father of the kid. Um, this kid has like the the per- perfect mirror to like Cassian kind of like his story like he's probably going to see his father hung in the streets hanged in the streets um and like he's already kind of in in the rebellion kind of rebellious spirit you know already and like so i, I don't know i see this kid as like oh he'll be a rebel like like i don't know i feel like he whatever is going to happen on Ferrix, um like i feel like it will start with the hanging of him and that will get the people of Ferrix to be like, okay, no, like this is the line. This, you know, you, you've, we're, you've crossed the line. It starts now. Up. Um, and, and that's how Marva's going out. She's the leader. She's, she's, what if she's up in the bell tower, dude? Imagine Marva ringing the bells. I don't I think, I don't think I would love it. No, yeah, happen, I don't but... think I don't think it's gonna happen either. Uh, I have a feeling she'd have to do this, to ascend a lot of stairs, and Marva doesn't seem in the doesn't seem in the condition to do such a thing. But uh, regardless, though, after that on Arcana Five, we do cut back to Ferrex, where this prefect is like, uh, "Oh, I'm gonna hang Salmon Pock. Please let me do it." Uh, but in the meantime, Deidre's like, "Yep, hold on to her. She can't die. We need her alive." He's like, as a hostage, and she's like, no, as a witness, she is literally the only one who can tell us, identify Axis. And uh, (laughs) the way that conversation ends with the I'd like to hang him, and she's like, I don't give a shit what you do, dude. Do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, Just just disturbing. Just disturbing. And then we, we follow that scene with a different kind of disturbing. Here on the floor of the Senate... I think what's really, really important about this scene is that Mon Mothma is making a very humanitarian argument. And, you know, she's she's talking about how there's an important issue about imperial overreach. The P.O.R.D. is really, really fucking us over. And we hear a yell. Long live the Empire! Like, someone's like, fuck no, the Empire's right, you're wrong, forget it. And then, while she's still talking... Someone who's supporting her mm. yells, let her speak. Listen to her. Sorry, homie. You're doing nothing to help here. In fact, now you're not listening because you felt the need to to make it known that you support the woman mm. who is speaking. Nobody gives a fuck. Go ahead and listen. That's all. Yeah. And that's 
These are always so like awkward to watch. Like it's always like like ah oh, like I just feel so bad, you know. Nobody's like, listening. There are people literally leaving, getting up and leaving because they're like, "Oh, well, this is over. Nobody gives a shit about this." Did the dismissal or like turning your light off have to be so loud? You know, like it it's so known yeah, when like, you turn off your light to leave. It, it makes this super loud clicky noise that echoes through the entire chamber like literally everyone hears it and it's like just oh it's just like another dagger it's like just dude just like the stab way, over and, and over the end of this the end of this speech where she goes and i've i stand here today to speak with the senators who come with open minds those of you who still believe that when we enter this building we are in a temple and everyone is talking to each other Nobody is listening. Nobody there thinks they're in a temple anymore. You know, like there is not a single politician right now who is truly there in the spirit of the people. There are very few, you know, and I like to think we got Jimmy Smith's Bail Organa sitting in one of those senator pods actually being an attentive listener and actually taking in the things she's saying and is actually very affected by the things she's saying. Um. Is he already around. involved? That's a that's a good question. Um, he's either already involved or about to be involved. That'd be cool if this is what gets him involved. He's like, "Hey, I heard what you said in the Senate, and I'm like fully behind it. I like fully agree. Like, imagine like, and she's like, "Oh, you actually heard what I said?" And like, can you like, if it's just something that's like, I don't know. Um, I think it would be awesome. Uh. I I, w- I would really, really he like would that. have been there to hear yeah. that. Yeah, he's a senator. Hmm. That I don't know. I guess it'd probably be cooler if it was some they met on a mission somewhere. I guess Mon doesn't really go out into the field much. No, yeah, seems. that's that's my thing. Is that like I think it would also be cool if Bale is already doing his own separate thing, but everyone's so secret uh, that like, he, he hasn't been able to tell them. So like he's already. Like, because that's what the alliance is, is it's truly an alliance of different rebel cells. A lot of rebellion was already forming. It was just, it was like Bail Organa and Mon Mothma and them who went, oh shit, there are a lot of people rebelling. Let's bring mm-hmm. them together and let's form one organization against against the Empire. Then we can be more powerful than we've ever been. So it's just, I think it's more a matter of time before Mon and Bail uh, realize each other. You know, like, it's like, I think both of them are already involved. I just don't think that uh, they can be honest with one another about it because, like, it's a secret, you know? Like, nobody's supposed to tell anybody shit. Um, mm. At least how that's how gonna, I, like, yeah. I, I think that, Bale... That's and, cool. That's, that was, that's, that's just, like, kind of my idea of Bale, though, is that, like, he would have already been trying to do shit. Uh, along with Bria, his his wife, the queen. I guess it it could, and, and we'll I guess get on this later on. But it could be with this new contact and stuff, opening her up to a lot more of people, True. like True. with with more of a rebellion, rebellious like mm. mindset. Um, I guess so. It could be. I, I I don't know. It would be just super cool to see Bale in here, uh, join up and and be part of it. Mm. Just be. I don't know. Just seeing like all all these up like sides of the rebellion that we haven't really seen before, like the the behind the scenes like funding of the of the rebellion, which I never thought of about like, like a lot of money for yeah. all those weapons. 
And, like, it's really Bail Organa and Mon Mothma that pretty much fund... Yeah, the, all like, the Like, almost everything. Like, almost, like, everything, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, and, it like, I, I don't know, I, I watched a video of, like, how much, like, 80 million credits could buy. And, like, on the span, like, on the grand scheme of, like, the Rebellion, like, it's not that much is the thing. Or 80 no, million. No, 80 million it, credits, like... It's, like it's a little bit, it's a start, you know, but it's not, it's not what they need, you know, yeah. and she's out here flipping out over 400,000 credits. Yeah. You know, like is, yeah. the amount of money they need is, is kind of crazy, but uh, she gets in her car after or her car, her speeder after this, after this horrible Senator convening. And uh, she's very clearly disappointed with the way things are going. And her driver tells her your cousin has arrived. Uh, important, important distinction. Cousin, I did not realize that the first time I watched it. Um, and you know, Mon is like, "Wait, what? Your cousin? My cousin? Uh, Yo, <laughs> yeah, like, wait a minute." And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew she was coming. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah." Is that um, driver familiar at all to you? I thought he was just the, uh... Like, the actor, like, do you recognize him in anything else? Here, let me see him. Uh... Man. I don't know why I think I do. Yeah, he's he looks, the, he he's the one like this episode that I've I've just been killing myself over. I, I can't, I can't get it. But, uh... Yeah, he looks he looks a little familiar. I can see it. I don't know um, what it, I don't know what it is, or where or where he's from. But driver to Diego Luna? No, no, oh, no. That's Diego, Diego Luna's Luna. liter, literal driver, not the <laughs> in show driver. I don't think he'll probably be credited. No, probably not. Not yet, anyway. Dang it. Oh well, but um, I don't know. This this was a cool, cool little. I, I can't believe we didn't see uh, Vel's rich family being like Mon. Like I don't know why we didn't think that was an option. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I even thought about it and went no. Nah. You know, like in my own head, I was like, no, nah, probably not. I guess um, fair. It, we like Mon's a big enough character where if they had a. I guess an important family member that was, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You just, yeah, you just got hit with that same realization, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it would make sense that we would hear about a relative to Ma. If they were if alive. They were alive. It yeah, it would make yeah. sense if they were still living. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's the harsh, harsh reality of the show we're dealing with, buddy. Uh-oh. But that's um, also the thing, is that Mon Mothma's cousin, she could have been a rebel. She, she's one of those characters that they could be like, fuck it, she made it all the way through the Battle of Endor and saw the fall of the Empire. You know, like, we we could still get there. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Mm. Just let her and Sinta live out their days one day after the Empire has fallen, please. Um, oh. But... Yeah, no, that that's my headcanon, is that they 
were eventually like we did our part. We deserve a life to live now. Actually, I think I think they will fight until uh, Senta's until, not given up, dude. No, yeah, until the Empire falls, they're they're in the fight, you know. And I think the only way for both of them to make it out alive is if they are both alive after the Battle of Endor. Uh, otherwise, they're. I mean, shit. They might even fucking fall at like the Battle of uh, Jakku, because that's like the official last battle of the uh, of the Galactic mm. Civil War. So, uh, I suppose, hmm. I suppose we'll see, but, uh, nevertheless, back on Narkina five, everyone's lined up after a long day shift or before a long day shift. And, uh, there, uh, there's some discourse going about, everybody needs to settle down. Everyone's like, something's wrong. Uh, they're taking their time and Tog is learning that there is something horribly wrong on level two, um, according to the other the other people signaling around. There's got to be something going on on level two. Um, and uh, we we get a little flash here where the one of the guys I think it's uh, I can't remember his name. The redheaded dude is like a man. It gets it gets hot in here. Olaf, y'all right? And Olaf's like, yeah, sure, I'm fine. Mm. And it's like, no, you're not, bro. Don't don't play with me right that. Don't do that, bruh. Um, but uh, Kino Loy has to tell everyone to shut the fuck up because everyone's getting a little too lively. And then the power goes out. Just never a good sign in anything. Uh, they're like, so especially what? when the main source of pain that's delivered to you needs a lot of power. Right. And And if it made the power go out, which usually doesn't happen. Probably means it was like turned up to level three, and level three is probably the death level. Oh, dude, I didn't even think about that. Like the reason that's the why power the power went out, went out. is because what? they went ahead and did the whole floor. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's why the, that's why the power outage is scary to them. Mm-hmm. Is because it's not like oh the power's out. We're not going to have power. It's like it's being used somewhere else at a very high level. Right. Which right. is. Right. And the way, the way Kino Loy here is like. Like you can tell he's, he's the dude who doesn't want to believe anything too bad is happening. Mm-hmm. He's in, he's in some pretty massive denial throughout the scene. You know, the way he, uh, the alarm starts blaring something's wrong on two everyone starts everyone starts freaking out he has to keep everyone calm down he pulls taga back tells him you haven't got a clue what they're saying you know how long it takes for shit to get from level two all the way up here you scrambled or something takes a week for one way to get up all the way up here i think that's what's cool is it very clearly doesn't anymore stuff is getting communicated and fast that's true. Like someone on level two signed to someone on level three, like, yo, we're about to die. Someone on level three was like, oh, something's wrong on two. And then it just kept going like, uh, it just kept going up You're and up. Right. And up. That means it, it's like immediate now. It's not yeah, like a week. It, it it was right it then and there. Happened. Yeah. Something's because wrong like. On two. Something's wrong on two. It oh, just happened. Wow. They fried everyone on two. So they fried them right 
in the change room. In in well, yeah, in that fucking in that everyone line. on two both shifts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's just where it. Ha- yeah, because the power went out right then and there, and everyone's out in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So, wouldn't floors like one and three see that happen? Um, I think. Well, maybe, but wouldn't they have looked at floor two all of just and then not get up? Yeah, you know, it was probably there. There, but that's the thing is that like, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. That would make a lot of sense. Maybe, um. Yeah, Maybe they pushed know. them all into like the workroom mm-hmm. and then turned on that room instead of in right. the hallway where they were okay, yeah, I guess there's there's ways around it. It's not like they or oh, whatever. Um but that's uh-huh. I guess it if the power outage is when they died, then that means the message had to have been sent very very quickly. Like I mean within minutes. Um. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about that. Um. Like it, it got up there quick, and uh, I guess that is. Is it safe to assume that the power outage is them dying? I didn't even consider it. Or yet, did they die before? That's have the, they already been killed? A power outage in a facility like this. I didn't even consider why that must have happened. The only logical explanation is the one you put forth that they put so mm. much power into killing so many people because you usually they they make the point later on to go step into the square like there's a specific area you have to be in to get shocked you know yeah. like uh but they had to do the whole room they had to do the whole room so like uh for a long time at a higher level yeah I don't want to see what level out. three is man we only got to see level one yeah and it's bad out here bro. It's bad out here. Uh, but Andy Circus in this scene is fucking phenomenal. Whenever he's like, it takes a goddamn week for shit to get up here. How many hands does it take for even one word to get through? And, you know, like uh, this sheer anger. Uh, you can tell it's part of that is just that denial that like no fucking way something that bad could have happened. Uh, and then they get threatened over the intercom like a. Uh, Everybody get to get the fuck where you're supposed to be, or we're gonna go ahead and set off the floors without warning. Okay. Right. Yep. yep. We're all we're all moving now. Everyone on program, we're all moving now. You ain't got to worry about shit now, homie. I'm good. It's not here that solidifies Andy Circus as the best performance, uh, but like, I am. I'm put. I'm solidifying my pick. Um, because I know where the rest of the episode goes and where his whole performance this episode is. And th- th- this was, like, one of, like, the most emotional parts of it. Um, of, like, the most loud, in-your-face sort of, you know, um, acting right. that you got from him. And then you get, you know, a lot more cool story developments with him later. Right, um, right. But I, I think I, I have to give my my pick for the performance to Andy Circus here. I get um, you. I if, you. is your um is yours locked or is that uh temporary because if it if it is temporary and you want to go with someone different then i will gladly take yours so you can give it to someone else if you would gotcha. like 
No, yeah, you know, like uh, my top two were very easy: Andy Circus and Adria Arjona for this episode. Um, I think Sir Andy Circus had more scenes to divide that performance up in, but the most like impactful piece of acting in this episode was that first scene with Adria Arjona, or oh, the second scene with Adria Arjona as Bix, where mm. they begin the torture and the way, like, just her facial acting. She doesn't even say a fucking word. You know, like yeah. uh, she yeah. she just her performance was just so fucking clear. And uh, so, like, I'm perfect. Like, it's one way or the other with us. Like, if you take Andy okay. Circus, I'm going to take Adrian Arjona. If I take Andy Circus, you're going to take Adrian Arjona. Those are just the top two performances of the episode. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Okay. I mean, obviously, Diego Luna is incredible as Cassian. Once again, um, Denise Goff is in incredible as Deidre once again Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma fantastic once again Faye Marseille as Vel once again fucking fantastic you know like it just uh everyone's hitting mm. on all cylinders every week it's just it's just absurd but uh uh this next scene does bring us to uh back to good old Mon Mothma's place where uh we see her cousin hanging out with Lida, the daughter of uh daughter of Mon Mothma, saying that she's got she's been to Tassio Moon. Which uh you know apparently's got some wealth there, Tassio Moon. Brought you uh brought you a little dress. Mm. Uh and she goes, Oh, well your father may have an opinion on it, and he she goes, He lets me do whatever the fuck I want. Uh and she's like Okay, well, why don't you go try it on then, little bitch? Get on the fuck out of here. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, shit. Vel's, fa Vel's family is Mon Mothma's. They're Chandrillin. That's, uh, that's her thing. All right, cool. Um, she says, where have you been? Traveling. Six months. Her cousin did the Aldani heist. Led the Aldani heist. She has no fucking clue. Dang. That's, That's how the rebellion is holding it down. That, I didn't really even think about that. Luthen didn't even tell Mon that. Not no. even Vel told Mon that. Yeah. Vel was like, I'm I was traveling. I was gone for six months. Wow. Shits need to know, and some people just don't News need to. It. But they... It's not that, like, they don't know that they're both kind of in the rebellion, though, because no, Mon's like, know. what does he have you doing now? Like, he knows, or she knows that, like, she's been working for Luthen, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I guess it's like, she just doesn't she, know. She throws the line from Cinta back in her face in this episode. You know, the Empire doesn't rest, Mon. The rebellion comes first. We take what's left. You know, she's. I like, guess the less like, people that know who did the Aldani heist, the better. Like yeah, it's not like it's not really good to let that information just out. Luthen never confirmed to Mon that he even did it. True. You know, like uh, she strongly, strongly suspected it and accused him like and talked to him like it was so. But he was always like, I don't know, man. I didn't do that shit. But whoever did do it, fuck yeah, they deserved it. Um, so it's a, it's, 
mm. an interesting dynamic that they're striking. And I think I will declare a favorite line uh, because it has been used in back-to-back episodes, but this week just hammered home its hammer homed its impact on Vel. Uh, the rebellion comes first. We take what's left. Uh, after Senta said it to her, you can tell that that's what she's been sitting on for a month. You know, like that's that the rebellion we... comes first. We take what's left. Yeah, we take what's left. And that's from uh, Vel, right? That's from or Vel is... here talking to Mon. Yeah, and uh, it's what Senta said to Vel when they went their mm-hmm. separate ways. So, like, I just, I think it's because of those layers there, and that being what she says to her cousin here, I think it kind of hammers home just how much that line impacted Bell. And I think it's, uh, I think it's a great one. I think it's a great one. And uh, I'm glad I got another chance to choose it because uh, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great line. You know, I think, I th- is this my first bad side? I think it is. My first bad side character nod. Um, I'm going to give Deidre the character nod for this Ooh. episode, I think, actually. Okay. I was I was kind of floating around a favorite character for this episode, not really knowing who to give it to. But, like, she really gave the the side of the story that I would generally not care about whatsoever and just be like, all right, let's get this over with so I can get back to what I really care about. She does I give act- it to- I was actually kind of interested. I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see how the ISV comes into play here now. Like, like she's actually doing a good job in a believable way. Like, I don't know. Like, it's very. No, I get you. I, I get don't know. You. I, I really, I've really been enjoying it. And she like is evil. Um, oh, she's Jesus. playing that part. Kind well, um, um, no, so I, I, I support it. I support it. I, I truly do. I and I'm glad you picked it. it gives me a full, full fucking reign over the few mm-hmm. that I was considering. So uh, I, I appreciate you there. But uh, this scene continues with uh, Vel confirming that she's going to be heading home for uh, for a break for a bit. She's heading back to Chandrilla. Uh, Mon's like, seriously, what does he have you doing? And Vel goes, who? And I was like, okay. Okay, I fucks with that. I really love Vel, man. Like, when it comes to, like, the end of the show, who's, like, my favorite new addition to Star Wars? Oh. You know, we're gonna we're gonna end up with Luthen, we're gonna end up with Vel, we're gonna end up with Sinta, we're gonna end up with all these characters. Bix, Brasso, Marva. Long lives live, too. Yes, long, yes. Very all, of them, all of them live forever. Long, healthy, um, loving lives yeah man but uh whenever she's like and you're you're the one to worry about you're here trapped in all the time you're trapped in a box and mon goes please tell me you're being careful and vel goes things are happening (laughs) there's risk you know that there's no other way this is just how things go you know and mon hits her with i'm starting to think we're in over our heads he's got us spinning and she's like "Eh, stop you took a vow There's a rebellion vow. Ooh. Who who is present for that? Okay, so it's definitely Mon, Vel, probably Luthen. Mm-hmm. You think Bale? 
Yeah, I don't know yet. You think I he's already already taken it? I wonder if there's. I wonder if it's like a Tran- Chandrillan custom. Like, Ooh. I wonder if Vel and Mon did their own like personal thing where they were like, "We vow to stand against this shit." Um, and I wonder if it just it like has specific value to them because they're from Chandrilla. Um, you know, because I can't imagine Luthen being like, "All right, guys, place your hand on this book." The manifesto, oh, the Nemec manifesto. Place your right hand on the Nemec manifesto, and uh, repeat after me: I state your name. Do solemnly, do, do solemnly sure. swear. Uh, I can't imagine Luthen's like, yeah, you got to, okay. you got to say this shit for me. <laughs> um, but uh, after this, Lida comes back on out. They put on their smiles. She does a little spin for them. She's showing off, and uh, I, I will say, I. I like I like seeing Lida a little happy. She's been just a negative Nancy the entire fucking time. So I was like, mm-hmm. finally, she's acting like a happy child, uh, a privileged child, and not like her dad, bitch ass father, stupid yeah. parent, stupid parent name too. God, parent what a, just fucker. dumb all around. Every everything dumb, everything dumb. But we cut back to Narcana Five, where we see Cassian talking to Ninka. Uh, Nico Kino asking him you've never uh you've never thought about escaping and uh you know ultimately Kino kind of comes to the conclusion that uh you know you flap your mouth ears like that any longer you'll regret it you got to shut off that part of your brain if you want to last in here you can't you can't last in here like that and Cassian the whole time's like I'm sure you thought of that how how many guards on each level man Come on, hit me. How many guards are on each level? He's like, how how many days you got left? How many shifts you got left? 217. Ah, then you got to tell me before you go. You know, before you go, just give me a little gift on your way out. Come mm-hmm. on now. Uh, and Kino's like, dude, I, I, will, I will fuck you up. I'm Kino Loy. <laughs> I will fuck you up. I'm Andy Serkis. Uh, and uh, he's like, you got to be quiet, man. And he's... And this is when Cassian goes on the stretch that makes it hard for me to go with Adrian Arjona for my favorite performance. Because when he's like, you think they care enough to make an effort? You think anyone's listening? And just that little parallel to Rogue One. My favorite line in Rogue One when he's like, do you think anybody's listening? Uh, About them sending out the transmission. Uh, Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I already picked it for my favorite line. Now it just now it's even more. I put yeah for the just the line delivery too. Uh, no, when the camera just cuts, you don't even see him. You just see no, the hallway. I can't imagine what uh, kind of performance he's putting on if we see him there because like that was incredible. Yeah. No, that's that was my favorite. It it might I didn't I didn't want to put it as my favorite scene, although I really liked that conversation and. I, I think the reason I'm thinking of it more fondly is because the end, the payoff that we see with it, yes. I think is is the scene that I will end up going with actually. But All that's right. why well, I gave the... of that. Upon revisiting this, this is the scene I want to take. Um, okay, this is the scene I want to take. The nobody's listening scene because getting Andy Serkis and Diego Luna acting off of each other has already been a pleasure, the brief stints we've seen it, but them to actually have a conversation where they're not in a setting that's employer-employee type shit, 
mm. um, where Cassian clearly feels that he's getting on this guy's good side a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can get away with talking a little bit more. I can say a few things more to him. I know I can convince him. And Kino being like, uh, the the air I get from him this week is, I have so little time left. I can't risk shit like that. You know, like that's just not something I can do. I can, uh, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you shit like that, you know? And, uh, but almost like a, I would if I could. Like, that's kind of like, He's like, you need to turn off that part mm. of your brain, you know, if you if you want to make it out of here. He's like, you think I ha-? like obviously I've thought about it, but it doesn't do me any good to think about it. I'm gonna be in here regardless. Like that's it's not possible. Escape's not possible. And uh, and he, so, he's like, uh, I don't know, like wait. the the Stanford prison experiment. Like it's so it's just such an interesting like giving a prisoner the sense of power. You know, I guess they have some power. Whatever. They don't have to do the work, I guess, you know. So right. like fair enough. Um but like I don't know, it's it, the this dynamic is so cool. And just to have Andy Circus play it um Ooh. is amazing. Uh, I fucking love it, man. I fuck like I I we were getting we were already getting so much out of the show that last week when Andy Circus showed up like last week, whenever I was like, I pray they radicalize Kino. Like that was my, that was what I left last week with. Like I mm. hope they manage a way to get him on their side. I pray. And uh, the fact that that is the route that they're taking, I'm just like, oh man, because I already love Andy Circus. This, this episode makes me go, okay, my favorite character of the week is Kino Loy. I have no doubt about it. You know, last week I kind of wanted to give it to him just because Andy Serkis showed up, and I'm glad I didn't. So that, mm-hmm. like, next week I was like, oh, an episode where I can actually pick him as my favorite character and be like, I truly mean it. Like, this man was fucking amazing this week. And, uh, yeah, he killed it. So damn good. He killed it. Uh, but the way and... Cassie in here is like, uh, all they need to do is turn this floor on twice a day and keep their numbers rolling. Why bother listening to us? We are nothing to them. Melshi's right. We're cheaper than droids and easier to replace. You think they care what we say? Nobody's listening. How many guards are on each level? Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. I was like, what a fucking scene, man. And the way he looked up at Melshi and Melshi was like, Hey man, you gave it a shot. Like I love the idea that, like I said last week, Melshi dies on Scarif with Cassian as a part of the as a part of that mission. And the fact that you can already tell that Cassian's already talked to Melshi about like trying to wear Kino down and like trying to get him to tell him shit, and you can tell Melshi's like on board with whatever Cassian has planned, uh, which I really really like that he's already like. Oh fuck yeah, man! I mean, at least you tried. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. But uh, this, I don't know. This is not an aspect of the show that I thought. Like, I didn't think a pri- like him in prison would be kind of my favorite part of the show so far. Like, right. it's, no, like, like it's, I, it's crazy. Like, I've been loving this part of the show. I think, yeah, like I think it's well on its way to being my favorite arc, uh, with essentially no doubt. But uh, ooh. 
It, okay. The prison the breaks going to have to be pretty good. The Aldani arc is pretty good, it's though. Incredible. That's it's incredible. it's yeah. a that's an incredible arc. It the the prison break will have to be pretty good because oh, you're not going to have a beautiful, you know, event like the eye, mm. um, unless we come out and see the Death Star in this escape, you know, right, right. come out and see the Death Star be built that, you know, that could do if if we get that next episode, we see the parts going and slotting just right into the Death Star whole like fuck like. All right. All right. I see you. I see you. But we'll see. I'm I think that the first two episodes of these arcs. I've enjoyed more than the first two episodes mm. of the Altani arc. Yeah. The finishing will have to will have to stick the landing like crazy. But uh, hmm. but nevertheless, after this we head to the ISB where they're breaking down what they've learned from Bix Colleen and their their interrogation of her. And what they've ultimately come to the conclusion of is that a couple days after the Aldani heist, Cassian shows up with some money in his pocket. They're like, Okay, well that's a little bit of a stretch. Are you trying to put Aldani on Cassian Andor? And and then a little brown nose over here, motherfucker who's got his face in Deidre's ass all the time, is like, yep, he shaved his face. And everyone's like, sir, who the fuck are you? Um, And he's like, question, describe his appearance, answer. He had shaven his face. He'd shaved his beard. And uh, at this moment, I've been reading a lot of Batman uh, comics lately. Um. I specifically I've been reading Jeff Loeb and Tim Sales run on uh The Long Halloween and then Dark Victory and their Riddler they have a very very interesting take on the Riddler a pretty classic take on the Riddler but the way he speaks when he tells his riddles is question blank 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 answer blank and immediately I was like Oh, this dude would be fucking fantastic as the Riddler. Like, I was like, this, like as soon as he delivered that line, I was like, he would make perfect sense in that role. Um, but this dude is showing a little bit of uh, an independent spirit. The uh, the spirit Deidre has come into the ISB with this this pursuit of more and more relevance and power and prestige within this organization. She is also instilled in her employee. And I think it will eventually come to her detriment. Mm. Uh, I think in what will, way, like try to overdo her and then yeah, take her place. I think, I think, yeah, I think he will betray her in a way that's not like, oh, I'm actually a rebel. I think it'll be like, oh, I'm trying to go over your head and get shit done on my own now. So sorry. Bye. Um, I have another theory regarding some of the men in this room. But uh, they, uh, this guy goes on to explain that two soldiers from the garrison who got a look at him said he was clean shaven. Uh, the reference picture is similar and that it's uh, the leads worth running down. Uh, the Aldani connection could, you know, amplify some interest. So they're going to go ahead and follow that up. And uh, someone asks, you didn't question the mother. And she's like, ah, well, she's too old and frail to do anything for real. She's more like our bait now in case Cassian comes back. Um, so we got that we got that waiting for us. Uh but someone who they've put in a lot of shots who they have not named and who every once in a while has a comment here and there shows up a little bit late 
later on is like, sorry, we were held up. Now we're here. This gentleman with the red hair and the mustache. That man's a spy. It's. What's his name? Um. The guy who eventually becomes Fulcrum. Callus? Is it? No. He's an ISP agent, isn't he? This guy. Yeah, I know, but, but like, it's just live action. Know. You never know. I it could be. Change him that he's redheaded, much. right? Callus was redheaded. He is? Yeah, I think he's blonde. Callus? No. No. Pretty sure he's blonde. How do you spell Callus? Callus Rebels? Like the, he doesn't have the mustache. He has like the mutton chops. He has like the big sideburns that come down. Uh, okay. It's kind of like a... It's like Strawberry a reddish blonde. blonde. It's more blonde. Blonde. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> in some shots it looks a little i mean well no but here's my thing is that i think what the the kind of point they're making blonde. here is that uh there are a lot of isb agents and a lot of ones of of prominence aren't even in this room like the isb agent and par- in charge of mandalore is moff gideon who at this time would have been isb agent gideon yo and he hasn't been anywhere near this you know like uh so and that, that's the other thing. Maybe he's not an ISB agent yet. Maybe th- there's all sorts of things that could have been going on here. But uh, he would have to ascend ranks fast to go from ISB agent to MOF if he's not already an ISB agent. Um, mm-hmm. that's but yeah, we, we know for sure Callus is already an ISB agent, and I don't think we've seen him yet. Um, but yeah, this little dude with the... Red hair and mustache. I think he. I think he works for Luthen. Ooh, okay. I think he's kind of feeding shit back to Luthen. That's kind of my. That's my theory right now because he's active enough to not lend to the empires figuring out more stuff. He more lends comments that support theories they've already figured out. Whenever they're like, uh, you know, but what about that? Uh, what if Cassian used that money to that he got from selling the fucking Starpath unit? And they're like, and he's like, well, they couldn't have. He couldn't have done that because we recovered it at the scene. Mm. You know, like that's something that someone else very easily could have brought up. You might as well go ahead and throw that out there. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I like, I like the fact that there's we got someone on the inside in the ISB. Mm. Have we to, needed right? it. We needed it. And like, if if it's not him, someone there is is like someone there is a spy. Oh, because was it mentioned here? or Is it later that they intercepted like a pilot? Um, it's later. That's okay. Okay, so I'll, I'll wait till we get there. Then. Maybe I don't know how much later, but it's it is later. But uh, yeah, this scene ultimately results with uh, them saying that they're on Marva full time. They're they are watching her, and uh, after that, we head back to Narcana Five, where we are back. In the little uh, little hallways, everyone's everyone's doing their transition, and and everyone's like, "Did you hear it? Have you heard what happened? The whole unit on two five, they were fried out. Everyone's gone. They're all gone. And uh, both shifts, a hundred men fried, and that's very important, I think, for Kino here. You know, forty nine men on the floor work for me." If 100 men were fried out, 
everyone. Oh, I thought they were just saying 100 as just an easy, like, round estimate to no. 98. I was like, even it's the, the two. Are... Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, why, that's why it's so impactful whenever Kino's like, whenever he looks at the, the guy who's running the night shift and he's like, what's going on? Can you, can you tell me anything? He told Zinska and he's like, Zinska, what's, what's the deal? And he's like, yeah, it's true. They, uh, they fried the whole floor. And like, that's when he's like, Oh fuck. You know, he heard they were making trouble and that's just what happened. In the way that, uh, Olaf's like, well, what's going on? You know, like, uh, what happened on two? What what happened here? And uh, Zal behind him goes, uh, or Melshi behind him goes, they set them free. Kind of, you know, they, at least they escaped this perpetual cycle. They set them free, and uh, it, it did mean death. And that sets Kino off. Kino's real upset. He goes after Melshi, tells him to uh tells him to get on program after throwing him out of line and stuff. And uh it's here that Cassian looks at Kino and goes, We need to be careful. The less they think we know, the better. And that the way that Kino responds and is kinda like, you know what? All right, all right, that's fair. And uh you can tell for the first time, Kino is like truly shaken, like uh this man who has been semi institutionalized, the way he like whenever he gets on program he's like <sighs> Like he's breathing heavy, and you can tell he's like actually scared for the first time ever. And mm. uh, all of his sense old... of power is lost. Yeah, like he he's like... like, I'm no different. Like I can, I'm at risk as much as anybody else. He says maybe it's true, maybe it's not. We have heard nothing, and uh, just another day, another shift, and the way that he's. Like, he's not just talking to them. He's like, he's talking himself down. He's like, it's just another shift. Keep our heads down. Keep our mouths shut. Everything will be fine. Andy Serkis is fucking amazing mm. in this in this series, dude. Like, what a cool guy to show up. Like, just what a, just a, a nice treat. Oh yeah, cool treat like, for wow, you. man. This show's awesome. Outstanding. But the next scene, we do get a little bit more with Narc getting hounded by his mom. He's like, what's up, mama? Saw you were digging through my shit. You got in my private box. I have ways of knowing. <laughs> like, yeah. This man's got, like, pictures of Deidre or some shit in that private box. I promise you. His stalker shit is on a whole other level if we ever see what's on what's on the inside of that private box. Uh but uh, he tells his mom after a berating that he got uh, he got promoted at work. And she's like, I knew they'd see your promise. And he's like, all right, you duplicitous bitch. Like, you don't you don't believe in me at all. You've done nothing but make it clear that you don't. Uh, Uncle Harlow will be so pleased. Like, I don't give a fuck what Uncle Harlow wants, man. Pino, I feel like Uncle Harlow somebody. I feel like she's Fucking Uncle Harlow. <laughs> Yo? <laughs> I think she want like... Are there not blood? Or are I they? 
I, I, I'm take. I don't think she said that it was her brother. I'm going with that was whoever Cyril's dad's brother is. Um, okay, that's kind of um, how I got it. Just because, uh, and you know, there's a lot of like Lida calls Vel Aunt Vel, and I'm pretty sure that's actually her cousin. So, like, you know, it's the way you can call friends. Mm. Okay. Call friends a parent's uncle. But I wonder, I want, like, who could it be? Like, is it, they're just paying a lot of, like, a lot of attention to him, it feels like. Um, Yeah, without him showing up at all. Yeah. Background figure. Imagine it's Luthen. Oh, that would be fucking nuts. He didn't get a look at him. Okay. Like, Luthen is... So what would that make Luthen to Cyril? Uncle... Uncle Luthen. Okay, uncle. Just the, the nephew that just absolutely... Just is the polar opposite of Luthen, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that's kind of funny. I, I don't know. I was trying to think of just, like... But why would Luthen get... Well, I guess it's his nephew, so it's like, well, I still gotta get him a job. Let me put him in a fucking cubicle. Fuck him. You know? Like, maybe that's like... Maybe, I don't know. Uh, that'd be kind of funny. I don't know. That'd be crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what's up with Uncle Harlow. What's funny is, I don't like... I've had the thought, like, oh, who's Uncle Harlow? The funniest thing to me is if he's, he's just fucking Uncle Harlow. Uh... He's just a random guy. Dude who never shows up. He's just always mentioned he's just Uncle Harlow. Uh, The mysterious Uncle Harlow. Just, I don't know, man. He's busy. Mm. Um, (laughs) But next up, we're back on Narcana 5. And Olaf is looking worse and worse, forgetting his job. He's not knowing exactly what he's supposed to do at any given moment. Not really, not really all there right now. And, uh, they do the heavy lifting. They get something transported. Olaf forgets to follow and then runs on over like uh, not doing a lot. But, you know, he's trying his best, this poor guy. And uh, it's here that uh, they get they get another another thing out. And uh, Cassian, again, takes notice of how rough Olaf is doing. Uh, again, offers to help him. And it's just... Uh, it's looking worse and worse for Olaf, but uh, right after that, we're back on Coruscant at the table of uh, Mon Mothma, where Perrin's grilling Vel. Heading back to Chandrilia. Yes, the pilgrimage. Uh, maybe uh, maybe now you'll find a husband. And Mon, the way Mon like, looks at Vel, like, don't take that too... Don't take that to heart, please. <laughs> and uh, Vel's like, yeah, it wasn't on my list of things to do. Of, uh, you know, I I can't stand Perrin. Ah, oh, that guy just sucks. Yeah, just looking at him on screen, it's just like irritating. And just, he's just he's always so, eating too. And he's always so disgusting. The way yeah. he's like, uh, you'll need a widower at this point. Someone who's already been oh, married. Oh, true. Now, this oh, this made him suck even him. more, dude. Oh. <laughs> any value at your age and oh her response oh yes all the good ones are taken yeah and it, it's so nice to know that mon is in the know mon's totally in the know because she's looking at looking at her like smiling like oh dude mm-hmm. only if he knew you know like like yeah. 
the whole time and Perrin is just so oblivious to it. I love that like Vel just does not include Perrin in on anything with like her personal life, it seems, which is awesome. Oh, absolutely. And I I love the way that she gives him shit like, oh, yes, all the good ones are taken. Clearly, all the good ones are taken. Look at you. Like, she's like, fuck you. You're not a good one. Like, you're kidding me. I'm so glad you're off the fucking market. Get the fuck out of here. But uh, And the fact that he's calling like Val, who's like max 30, like like an old maid, like, (laughs) what the fuck, dude? I know you got married at 15 and it's Chandrillan custom and shit. But uh, how about you fuck off? Uh, True. And, you know, he starts to give them shit about uh, how they've had an influx of Chandrillans recently. You remember Tay Colma. And she's like, I do. And Lida chimes in. Mother's old boyfriend. And uh, Mon's like, excuse me? Looks at, looks at parent. Is that something you told her? And uh, he goes, the keyword is old, darling. Uh, and she's like, there's literally no reason to mention that. Literally none, unless you're trying to turn my daughter against me. Mm. It's literally the only reason you would ever tell our daughter that the man I've been spending a lot of time with is an old boyfriend. And uh, she's like, it's just from elementary school. Yeah, elementary school. Elementary school. school. <laughs> literally elementary school. We were in grade school together, and then Perrin drops one of the all-time white man lines. At least you've not gone political, Vel. I was like, oh my god. Just the real And the house of- fire just happened now. Can yeah, he just can I need he go? Die, bro. I need him to die. I need him to, like, come to Vel and go, I am fairly certain Mon is a part of a rebellion. And I'm going to tell the Empire about her. I need Vel to be like, all right, come on, come this way. I got you. And give him a good old blast to the dome. Uh, oh, because yes. Yes. Oh, I yes. Need that. If, if Vel or somebody who I care about in this show and like could just murder Perrin, I'd be a lot, I'd be a lot more down for them than I Maybe already Maybe Mon, would. it's even better. Maybe just straight up Mon <laughs> has to kill him. Yeah, she's like the the only act of violence she ever commits is 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 killing her husband one time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, time it's more. completely okay. Completely oh, yeah. excused. Not Do even it. an act of violence, really. Honestly, no, more of all. an act of peace. Um, all in all, <laughs> I also um, love the next scene whenever they're walking away from the table, Vel and Mon and arm and arm, and she goes, "Take Holma," and he goes, and she goes, "Money." <laughs> like that's all that's all she says money. like whoa 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 okay money yeah hello well, is that like, all it is i don't have enough to worry about like i need an affair for real uh and uh mon asks of her to be a spoiled rich girl for a while remind people that's who you are uh just maintain cover and she asks again what have we done and vel's like we've chosen a side we're fighting against the dark we're making something of our lives. I fucking love these characters. And now that they're connected in such a meaningful way, I'm like, oh my God, it's everything I didn't know I wanted. They exchange a nice little hug and uh, we see them part ways. Hopefully not for the last time. And uh, we're left with a shot of Mon alone in her pageantry. That is probably my favorite shot of the episode. The symmetrical 
shot of the camera zooming away from her with her chandelier overhead. And mm. It's just a really, really pretty image, imagery of Mon Mothma here. Uh, okay. Yeah, this this show has had a lot of wallpaper moments. Oh, um, yeah. Tons of them. Mm. But uh, after that, we briefly, briefly cut back to Bix. And I was like, when I was first watching, I was like, hell yeah, more Bix. And then uh, we very quickly cut away from Bix. And I'm pretty sure we don't see her the rest of the episode. Um, but she's clearly not in a good way. Bix is not not doing well. And uh, looking like Borg Gullet got her. One tends to lose one's mind. Um, yeah, that's that's not not an easy thing to go through for anybody. I would have to think not. Um, if I had to guess, but, but after man, that, we get the biggest simp. Oh, just uh, simp. The most, oh, some of dude. the most disturbing shit I've ever seen in my life. Here, as Cyril cuts Deidre off on her way back to work to let her know that uh, you know she can help him. He can help her. She wanted to thank him for the promotion. She's like, I didn't do shit, dude. I I gave you a clean bill of health, and that's it. Like, I didn't do anything to give you a promotion. And he's like, uh, you don't know, man. Ever since our little conversation last month, I've been madly and deeply in love with you. And 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 life is worth living now because because I was just in your mere presence. Yeah, we. I found someone who thinks the same way as me, man, and I'm really, really feeling good about it. And so that's the main premiere thing for why I pray. And I don't. After this conversation, I don't think she ever will. I I'm praying Deidre never reciprocates. I have a. I, I don't know if Deidre is because she like turns him down and she's like, I'm an ISB agent. Do you even know how much trouble you're in? Like I did, like you can't like talking down to him. Like she's, she's diffusing it and she's not into it. it. That's what I feel like, but I don't know if it's like in the back of her mind, if she's like trying to entertain the idea or not, you know, but she's I mean, like, yeah, just she is an ISB agent. She could have him arrested right now. You know, she doesn't do that. So, like, there's clearly there's clearly something here where she at least feels bad for the guy or, like, something like that. But uh, even that little that little part in the episode where he's like, and after the conversation we had last month, and she's like, that wasn't a conversation. We put True. you in an interrogation room. True. Are you stalking me? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, on occasion I come here to see if I'll see you. I'd never lie to you. I'd oh, never lie to you. I was like, oh, this guy is, he's demented, bro. He said, I thought I had ruined my life. I thought I was done. And after meeting you, I discovered you understood how ca- how dangerous Cassian Andor was. Just being in your presence, I realized life is worth living. I realized that if nothing else, there was justice and beauty in this galaxy. I was like, oh, what a... F-. And then Bruh. she tries to walk away, and he grabs her. I Yeah, like, I pray, just for pure messaging's sake, that this does not go his way. Mm. Yeah, no. Because like, there are a lot of dudes who are like Surreal Karn, and there are a lot of dudes like Surreal Karn who are probably watching the show. 
And I would hate for them to think if I just keep trying, she'll eventually wear down. I bet he'll like in his mind, he's going to get some like evidence on Cassian. That's going to be too good for her to ignore. And he's going to be like, the only way I'm going to give it to you is you just go on a date with me and just, you know, want just let's try one time to see if it can work. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I, I really hope they just never even get like, I, I had this, the thought of this episode is that like, uh, the rebellion is kind of like, uh, uh, or the, the whole show, the whole universe galaxy of star Wars is on like a love spectrum and the ISB and narc on their on like the lowest end of the love spectrum. They don't even care about it. They don't, you know, they just so easily um, can kill and not care about the killing and right. other things that are going on. And like, yeah, they're all the way down there. And then like the people who are like fighting for the rebellion are all the way on like the other end. And like, uh, I just had this thought that like uh, people that are all the way down at the, that very end is that like, they, they never actually find anybody um, like Palpatine yeah. uh, is down there. I guess, no, he had kids, I guess somehow um actually yeah because ray is uh the lineage yeah, there fuck vader fuck dude that's that's a boy who's fucked up on love right there um talking about the 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 empire um, i don't know but i just i really hope that that um he just keeps getting turned down over and over is the only thing i want i pray um, the next time he approaches her she does what she threatened he throws he she throws him in a cage in the outer rim. And that's just how Surreal's story ends. Wouldn't that be fucking fantastic? If he just like approached her, was like, I got it. I've got it. And she's like, Nope, you're getting locked the fuck away. We watch him get all the way out to the outer rim and we just never see Narc. He goes again. to the same prison that Cassie oh. is at. Oh, that'd be Imagine. Oh, that'd be interesting. That'd be Imagine. interesting. Now you're now you're talking. Now you're speaking my language. But Deidre enters uh, her office after this, and she finds her little assistant has uh, is like good news. They just picked up a rebel pilot an hour ago. She's like one from our target list. No, random. Eh? Who they already got on their target list? Yeah, and how do they know of this person already? Wait, and how... Because this person is who Luthen brought up to uh, Saw Guerrera to meet. And Saw was like, no, I'm not going to meet with them. They're well, too... He worked, he worked for that guy. Oh, really? It wasn't him directly? Guy. Yeah, he, it wasn't oh. him. So it this is the guy him. that was probably going to meet with him then? Probably. Was it this pilot? Or was it, or was the pilot just someone who was on the ship transporting the important person? I don't know. The way they say it, it's random. This might not have Mm. been part of the mission. Like he just, uh, but they have it relating to what's the, what's the guy's name? Um, Anto Krieger. Yeah. Krieger. Um, Hmm. I wonder like what the link is there. Cause there's a link between, Luthen saw Guerrera and the ISB, and now 
Cassian, I guess. Yeah, there's a like there's I don't know, like what, like what's. And th- this pilot was on the way. What did they say? Was on the way to. I don't. I don't know. That's I don't know weird. that they. Uh, hmm. I don't know that they have said it yet. It's a little later on. They're they're holding him on a destroyer off steer guard, uh, and she she tells him to get Doctor Gorst out there immediately. Send him out there. And this was another one of those little things that made me go, "Oh, he's gonna fuck her over." Uh, I already, I already did. I'm already on it. It's a little, a little mm. overstepping his bounds a little bit. Uh, using the power that she has cultivated for herself in a way to advance himself in the eyes of many. Um, mm. And uh, the way that she just, like, her look lingers on him as he leaves the room. And she's like, mm, that guy's not going to be a fucking problem too, right? Or, uh, mm. I can already see, like, uh, a bunch of the work she did, him getting credit for in the ISB uh in the ISB. Like and Yeah, I see that. Like one, them being like, Oh yeah, you're the one that said that he shaved and connected yeah. those two. You're the yeah. one that connected Cassian to the raid and you're the one who started this entire thing. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Them being like sure. Eesh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not good. It's not good. But uh after that we cut back to Coruscant where Mon and Tay Calma are having a brief discussion about the uh Oncoming audit that they're about to face. Uh, they got 400,000 credits missing. And they're about to be audited. Which is about the most horrifying combination of words you could possibly put together in the English language. Um, yeah. It's a freaky idea. You got a lot of, you got a lot of money missing. Uh, he, she's like, how much trouble am I in? She, he's like, you're not in any trouble if they don't scan the accounts. He's like, when did they do that? And he's like, uh, they, it it will happen. Time is not unlimited. Uh, and this is when they come to the realization that they have to get a loan. A Chandrillan banker with treasury relationships. And Mon's like, so you've already thought about this. And he's like, ah, book a business that's incomprehensibly huge. And she's like, okay, you clearly got somebody. And he throws out the thug. The wealthiest thug in all the land, Davo Skuldun. Davo Skuldun. It'd be hilarious if she shows up to this banker and it's like Luthen. Um, <laughs> One of his different outfits. Oh, that'd be awesome. No, it's not. She clearly knows who this guy is already. But like, uh, I, I for a split second when I was watching this, I thought that this was the bank of those like people with the skinny heads that all like the five kind of like the Game of Thrones like. The Iron Bank sort of thing, but like the Star Wars oh. version that they had, I thought that it was like this Bank of Moth. Monoth- uh, started with an M, I think, is the actual name of it. Um, but I thought that that's what they were referring to, and I thought that's where what we were getting. Um, but not. Nah, I think it's just a because it's a tra- it's a Chandrillan banker, right? And they're just human. He is Chandrillan, and they're they're just they're all human, right? Chandrillan. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, yeah. he's like, I could keep looking for you. And she she we leave without getting a confirmation. But I'm sure that's probably where we're heading. And then we get this meeting here where uh, our homie with the red hair and the mustache shows up a couple seconds late because me thinks he was reporting to somebody. Um, 
Okay, I see. I didn't think of why they just showed up late, but that makes sense. I lo- okay. And he's like, I, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, we were off-site. Uh, no further explanation there. We were off-site. Uh, but they've got... Uh, I guess there's two of them there, though. So are both... It is the the guy with the red hair, and then there's, like, the assistant guy that has the little iPad that comes in behind him. So are both of them... Maybe so. Maybe they're both... I think you would have to be both of them. In theory, like the amount of time that Deidre and her little her little pet spend together, like I think he would have to know about what's going on. And uh, ultimately, this is an impressive, impressive organization of an assassination without anybody knowing. Yeah, this is like scary. Of it takes a minute and a half for them to figure out exactly how to stage this murder. And they're like, "All right, yep, get it done. Good job. No, we leave no traces. Good today. It's that easy." Like, I guess they haven't done it. You know, they haven't actually done the hard part, but, like, it was that easy just to get that okay, you know? I guess it needed to happen quickly, but, like, damn. He would be found on, like, Caffrine, and Caffrine is where we find, that's where Cassian meets up his contact at the beginning of Rogue One. So, like, just an interesting little nest of imperial or uh, rebellion activity, Caffrine. But uh, after that, we're back in Narkeena 5 where they're working away and uh, the buzzer sounds and Olaf is, he has a rough reaction. And I think it's there that we can probably go, oh, he's starting to have a stroke. Yeah. Uh, wait, he Man, just, he's being propped up like on the back. Yeah, they're holding him uh, up. Like, they're making sure he doesn't fall. They surround him when they get in position or in a, what is it? Program. On program, program, on program, mm-hmm. uh, and they all they all surround him to protect him, and then he falls backwards, fall forwards. Like this man is, this man's not okay. And uh, on their way back to the uh, on their way back to the room, Kino notices that he is not doing well. Tells him to get him to the cell, but he cannot make it. Uh, Olaf falls, and Kino comes running right back. You know we're late. Everybody get going. Tells Melshi to get gone, and uh, him and Olaf and Cassian uh, all get all get a moment of time together. He tells Zinska to tell them that they need a medic, and uh, that you know shit's not looking good for Olaf. And we then see the the med tech come on in, and uh, you know when they walk on down. <sighs> It's not looking good for Uli, as they refer to him affectionately. Keep your head up, Uli. You know, keep your eyes open, Uli. Uh, you know, haven't seen you in a while. Haven't gone anywhere. Another important implication about this doctor is that he's in the exact same uniform, just with different colors. So, uh, this guy's also a prisoner here. He's not some. He's not some medical doctor that they needed. They were like, "Oh, you happen to be a." And who knows? Maybe this guy's not even a doctor. Maybe he just knows how to use some of these tools, and that's why he doesn't even attempt to help him. He's like, well, not much I can, yeah, I can he's like, do. He's like, I don't even want to know his name. And they're like, uh, yo, why? <laughs> like, uh, that's not good that you don't like, want to know, you know his name. God, he looks at him. He's got 40 shifts left. Like, come on. We just want to get him up and moving. Yeah, he's, he's got like, a, we just want to get him up and moving. Got, you can't save him? 
and he confirms there's nothing to save. He's had a massive stroke. He's he's not there. Um, and God, Andy Circus is fucking amazing in this part of this part of the episode. Like the way that he is just like distraught over this. Uh, he tells his guard that he needs a bag and a trolley, and that guy informs him it's on its way. They had no intention of saving already. No, nope. that was already in the works. They were like, "Yup, somebody needs a med tech. He's dead. We're not gonna. We're not even gonna try." You know. Uh, and this doctor tells him that he's lucky. He'll pass peacefully, which is more than he can say for the rest of them. Uh, another week like this, and you'll be begging for what he's getting. And they're like, "Fuck, are you talking about? What's that?" I said, "You heard me." Hold his shoulders, hold his legs. He won't feel any pain. Uh, he asks, what happened on level two? He looks to Kino. You'll want to keep your men in line. And Kino's like, oh, fucking fuck. Something's going on here. Something's fishy. Uh, and it's here that they they go ahead and put Olaf down. And it's, God, it just sucked. Because I, I knew, I, we met Olaf last week. I was like, oh, no, what they going to do to Olaf? What they going to do to Olaf? You knew they were going to do something to Olaf. I didn't think it would happen so soon. Uh, yeah, no, this is definitely my favorite scene. Oh, yeah. Like, this scene is... Um, his death... I, I, I'll, I'll say, like, his death and then, like, Kino's radicalization. Like, that's... Yeah. I think those are the two most important things to... To take and away here, from it. And, and, and like, honestly, the prison's radicalization as well. Like, yeah. after everyone hears this news, it's going to be like, oh, like, now we have to escape. Like, yeah. it's not like we have a choice anymore. It's like we are all going to die because we know this information. So, like, mm-hmm. all right, it's a go. Do you even think he gets through cutting that pipe? No, no, I don't think that happens. Unless they manage to hold it together long enough. Like, maybe we skip another couple months. And he's, or maybe he just, that's what he does to get them to come to the room and then use the elevator to get down there to them. So he does that. Good call. And then they're like, oh, well, we're going to zap you. And he's like, fucking go ahead. And, you know, nothing. And then everyone's like, (gasps) like, oh, let's fucking go. Like, that would be, that would be pretty cool. That would be, I would love that. I would just love for them to figure something out because. They can't keep living like this, bro. Kino going, what do you mean? Keep my men in line. And uh, he asks himself, what happened down on two? And he looks to his man again. We need a bag and trolley. He said, I said it's coming. Jesus Christ, let me check. Shit. Uh, And oh, fuck. Just knocked a whole bunch of shit over. Um, But uh, the doctor informs him. A man who was just released on four ended up back on two the next day. And word got out, and then they killed them all. Uh, And they're like, wait, so if he was released? Yeah, he's like, yeah, you heard me. And that's when they realize nobody's getting out. They get all cycled in. Nobody's going to get out, not after this. He says, at least your friend is free. Say this dude from four 
gets recycled to two, wouldn't the dude who got recycled just tell everybody, hey, I was just on floor four, and now I'm back here after my sentence is up? It's like, wouldn't word get out no matter what? That's what happened. Oh, wait. So then what, what do they do usually? What is the normal thing? Do they just send them to another prison? Like, you know, whenever they f- split them up initially? Yeah, yeah they, throw oh, them, they throw them uh, in a different... That's why there's three facilities in the ocean. So that they can just, boop, drop you in there. Boop, drop you in there. No, no, because then the prisoner would be like, my sentence was up, and now I'm back in this... They would say that. They would be like, I am still in the same... You know, they would... Maybe the mistake is that he got recycled in at all. Maybe he was just supposed to die. Maybe you reach the end of your shift and you get killed. Then how did he go to a whole new floor? And It's like they put him on floor, the, the other floor, though. Like, they placed him there. Like, they do recycle normally, but they messed up it somehow. I, I don't know. Like, it, this, it's not clear to me how this, like, it doesn't make sense to me. No, this. yeah, I can, uh, yeah, no, you're, the holes you're poking here, I can't, I can't satisfyingly give you a reason. Um, a man who was just released on four ended back up on two the next day. Word got out on the floor, and they killed them all. And they make the point that, like, no one's getting out. Not now. After this change that they're going through, no one's getting out now. So... They have been recycling, but in somehow have been doing it secretly before. Mm. I guess. No, I have zero clue. I have no idea how to explain it. Hmm. Well, I guess no matter what, it is grounds to spark everyone in there to be like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, like, we got some shit to do. Um, it's happening next episode. Um, yeah, no doubts about it. But uh, yeah, I I wish I could tell you a reason. I don't know exactly what the empire did. like. That's my thing is that I think that maybe that's just information we haven't learned yet. Mm. Like, uh, okay, it, this whole thing's been kind of marred in like a. We don't know exactly what's happening. We don't know what they're building. We don't know how this prison works. We don't know, like, we don't know a lot of all of that. So, like, I think it probably is just another little thing to add mm. to the pile of we don't know how they do things here. Is memory wiping a thing? Maybe. Like, uh, but n- no, not typically. Like, I doubt the Empire has discovered that sort of tech. Um, Like, no way they just... Unless you escape, or your escape, 
you're put back in court and then they're like, no, you're still guilty under the new. Yeah, that was my that was my other thing is that maybe they've just always extended the sentences. But But then why the word getting out is what killed the whole floor. They killed the whole floor because the word got out that a guy was accidentally put from one. Maybe it's as simple as wait a minute. They killed everyone on two. Yeah. No, he was from four originally. Was on two the next day. They killed everyone on two. Yeah. No. Yeah. My thing is that like maybe it's as simple as this prison is filled with a lot of decent people who get told when they get recycled. If you tell anybody, we're going to kill you and we're going to kill everybody on your floor. So nobody goes and tells anybody. And this dude went, fuck it. Hey, guys, I'm from floor four. I think that's why Melshi is so, like, it doesn't fucking matter. You're in here forever. Maybe, yeah. Maybe Melshi's already been, already been rotated. Okay, I could see that. I could see that for sure. Be a lot of honor system, but I I don't mind it. That's great. That's a... I mean, it's literally the only way we can explain it right now, though. The punishment is you die along with everyone on the floor. How do they know, though? How would they know what? How do they know if if they told? If, if say, Melshi were just to drop the, the bomb, are they listening? Oh, yeah, maybe so. Maybe so, but maybe it was just like it was so outrageous to everybody that like it caused them to not stop talking about mm-hmm. it, and they like like let's be real, if that information gets out, a hundred men, a lot of them are going to freak out, yeah, you know, like not not like keep their composure and be like, "Oh shit, we gotta play this smart, no, like someone's gonna go, "Hey, man, what the fuck, and like add a guard the next the next time they see a guard um Damn. Oh shit! But uh, this this leads us to the best part of the episode, as they exit to make their way to their bunks for the night. Uh, Cassian asks Kino one last time, "How many guards are on each level?" And he responds immediately, "Never more than 12. Is that the best line? I, I have this scene. Chaos. I have this scene. You know that is this is my favorite scene. I think. That probably includes it well enough. Um, I think the line, it's not the line itself here, no more than 12. You know, the the line itself, yeah, it's like, it's like the, the, oh, okay, he's in. You know, he's like, he's like, all right, fuck it. And bro, when he said, when he said never more than 12, I was, I was fucking skiing in episode six. Let's go! You Mm. know, like, uh, I was, I was fucking hype. Mm. Uh, like oh, those guards true. are getting it. Yeah. They, like, the boots, I feel like the boots are going to be weapons. They're going to be used as stomping and just blunt mm-hmm. force weapons in this raid. I guess, oh, they got fucking tools. They're all going to take their fucking wrench and just whop, whop, and oh, those guards are getting it, dude. Yeah, oh, they're fucked. Fun. They're, they're fucked. fucked. Um, and they're strong, too. 
Like all built up. Man, That's all they work, do all you got day. Them working oh. out all fucking day for twelve hours, bro. They're fucking huge by now. Uh, their their little remotes just aren't gonna work. They're gonna be like, <laughs> oh yeah, you think you can? You have all these weapons, you can fight me. Beep. It's fucking Thanos. And they're gonna be like, oh, 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 and you're gonna they're gonna start crying. You're gonna be like, ah, oh, okay. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Satisfactory fascist sob. Um. Love when a fascist sobs. Love when they're they're mm. sad. Can't help but feel happy in my heart whenever a fascist is upset. Um, but it was another fucking banger, man. Like, it, this show just continues to be fucking incredible. Like, I don't even know. Every episode, I continue to question. Well, shit. Do we have a new best episode? Like, is this a new, like, critically, is this the best episode yet? Like, and it happens every single fucking week. I I'm know, like, man. It, it would have to be a 10, though. That's the thing. If it's the best, it has to be a 10, or it ties with the Axe Forgets at a 975. That's like, uh, if we, if we go up, it has to be a perfect episode of television. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I guess I can't comfortably guarantee you anything like that, but, um, it's the night before episode, dude. It is. Look at that! Like the axe forgets episode five, the night before the freaking big shebang. The big shebang. The shebang a big. Yeah, no, I uh, I struggle to think of a place where this falls rating wise because enjoyment wise, I'm I'm at a ten. Uh, I was glued to the screen the whole time. I told you this episode gave me an anxiety attack at one point, and if I'm that emotionally in, Damn, and yeah. the show is that effective, it did exactly what it was supposed to. Um, maybe not supposed to. I don't think its goal was to give mm. me an anxiety attack, but it did, and frankly, I respect the shit out of that. Um, <laughs> respect uh, Andor. Yeah, that is insane. I mean, they... Whoever is the person who came up with these methods of torture, um, I hope you sleep well at night knowing that you have just caused new fears and nightmares across the na across the world. Nightmare um, you know, I never thought of the floor, you know, like the floor is lava. That's always like a thing you think of as a kid in a mm -hmm. game you play, but like the floor is electric. You never, it, it's, it's normal sometimes, but it can kill you at other times. Yeah, just at any time, you know, that Whenever you're just touching you it. Like it. Oh, okay. Oh, and, and, and you can hear the, the death screams of children and it can cause you to go insane because that's a thing. Um, now that I just have in my head. So, oh. um, man. Horrific. Horrific. I meant for kids. What is this rated? Probably TV fourteen would be my it guess. Is. Yeah, TV fourteen. Wow, shit, man, heavy. I mean, if I was heavy. fourteen years old, fuck. Right now, I'd be like, oof. Yeah, that's a bit much. Uh, yeah, no, that shit hit. That shit hit. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I think it's got to be a ten out of ten enjoyment, though. Uh, I really do. Genre wise. Um, I'm pretty fucking high on it. We're still planting seeds, you know. Uh. What's a lot? Ooh, 
a lot of seed plant. We get the the new contact, the the banker that's going to help Mon. Uh, we get um, well, a little bit more the pilot that got captured of whoever Luthen is yeah, trying to get to meet with Saw. Um, now we got you know the 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 breakout. Assuming you know, I, assuming their three episode art, you know, I guess. It could be like the finale that he breaks out, even. I, you know, like, is it, say, is it not a three episode arc? Maybe it's, they just fuck it. He's in prison until. I'm taking the writing credits as confirmation that it's three episode arcs. Uh, Toby Haynes directed and Bo Williman wrote episodes eight, nine, and ten. Mm. Um, okay. And so I think Who it's wrote, fair to say. Did the per. The people who worked on seven is that the same for eleven and twelve? Because oh, that'd be very. Question. I haven't even uh, haven't even considered that. Is that'd it known who wrote and directed the future episodes? Well, it is for it was for Bo Willeman last time I checked. So let's go ahead and uh, see if I can't find that out for you. Eleven, written by Tony Gilroy and George Lucas, director by Benjamin Caron. Karen, and then 12 is Karen and Gilroy. Now, who did episode 7? Episode 6, or episode 7 was directed by Benjamin Karen. So, uh... Would you look at that? That Look at that indeed. The much, arcs uh, actually... It works. It works. They did the little split arc thingy. Yes, maybe. they did. Okay. Something like it. Something like it. Uh, but uh genre wise what, where are we falling fuck okay spy like the prison aspect adds like uh just oh such a yeah. a nice aspect to that like of the the thriller like spy uh aspect of the show um and um every like vel and mon and all of them is is still adding to it a lot i think the where it kind of lacked would be kind of like the star wars side the fantasy side this felt the like the most human episode i oh, guess yeah, you yeah. Could, it was you could it say. was harrowing it was horrifying um, um all right i i dig that then i would strength of the episode alone does enhance that though i would yeah. say um, yeah it's and not would, much. Like the fantasy drop off is not like oh, it's like a seven because yeah, like, not, the, like no, I think there's like no. a weight to the spy thriller Star Wars thing with this show. Like uh, it's like ninety percent thriller and like ten percent that space fantasy thing that we need to be considering. But like uh, I mean, and I'm still at like nine nine two five nine five. Yeah, even. I mean, my my gut was nine five, but I could definitely yeah. see it going down to nine two five. I think nine two five is fair. Um, I mean that's well, okay, that's better than the season premiere, but not quite the episode episode two. I, I no, I mean you know like I think it's it goes to show that this episode was so good even without the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe it doesn't hurt. Maybe that doesn't hurt it. It 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 strengthens it. it like I see more. you. I see you. So I could. Like, I could does it my... hurt it? Um. Let's see. We gave the 
Yeah, I mean, the eye, that was just sick. We gave the last night before episode a 975, but they were literally planning a heist throughout that episode. This one, we get the very, 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 very early beginnings of a potential planning of a breakout. What you happened know, to episode two? That episode would be two, me. We were we got a rat in that episode. Someone was ratting on them to the Empire. Luthen was coming to him, finally pulling up and stuff. Uh, cast. We got the uh, we got a little bit more Marva in that one. Um, but like the crux of that episode was Bix and Cassian trying to get Cassian basically the fuck out of there, um, mm. trying to keep him low key, trying to keep him. So do you think this episode reaches that level or does it because is it a, is it that level or does it just have that little bit below? Which, I think it's at least that level, frankly. Um, so then nine five would be the floor. Then I'm comfortable going nine five. OK, I like that as well. OK, OK. Critically. Nine point seven five. As good yeah. as we were willing to go without giving it a 10. That's uh, true. Because this that's... episode was fucking nuts. And that's what it averages it out to, is a 9.75, which ties it three ways with episodes 9, with episodes 5 and 7. 5, 7, and 9. Um, 3, 5, and 9. 3. Oh, average. Yes, I was looking at genre for a little bit. Yes, thank you. Three, five, and nine. Yes. I'm too zoomed in. I can't see everything all at once. Oh, no, yeah, you're all having to scroll back and forth. There we are. Those are all tied for second place behind (laughs) behind the eye. There we go. Episode six. Um, So a 9.75, another 98% this week. Just the show just keeps hitting on a level that's absurd. And uh, IMDb about 10 or about a thousand reviews in right now at an 8.7. All right. um, With a thousand in. So we're a little kinder to it than that, but uh, I think we're right. Um, Mm. I truly do. I think it's just, uh, I think, we're watching some of the best television I could have ever asked for, and it just also happens to be Star Wars, and that makes it just all the better. Um, mm. yeah, it's... And this episode was just fucking amazing. But we're uh, feasting. This we has picked up the the House of House of the Dragon pit hole. Yeah, like this is this has filled it very nicely. It's I've filled filled that void within me. But uh, you got any last thoughts? before we head into the final three episodes of Andor. I guess I just want to throw the prediction that next episode we will get the part going into the Death Star somehow, or showing Mm -hmm. that, and we'll get like a view, a shot of it somehow. Gotcha. Um, I just want to throw that in there just in case it happens. Also want to throw out the possibility that they are building nothing and that it is just a perpetual nothing um, cycle that they are doing. Um, Do you think Kino Loy makes it out? 
Ooh, who lives and who dies in the escape? That's a very good question. Who lives, who um, dies, who tells your story? Lives, obviously Cassian and Melshi. Um, who else is getting out of there? I'd say... That's it. Fuck! No, dude. Okay, who's who's dying for sure? Kino Loy. I have no yeah. doubt. That man's dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kino Loy is dying. Um, Damn it. Sadly, I think Taga's gonna die. Um, I think uh, the only other guy I could see making it out is Jembok. But Zal, Ham, they're fucked. Um, I think the dude he's uh like planning with, I think he'll make it out. I think it'll be those. It'll be those three. What's that guy's name? Do we know? I don't think they gave him Is a name. Just, week. Uh, got it. There. Okay. That'll be interesting. I think that's pretty good for predictions. Let's see what. Um. Yeah. Luthen it was interesting. Luthen wasn't in this episode whatsoever, but it wasn't even wasn't even that like I'm not sad. I'm not I didn't feel like I needed him at all. No, I didn't feel like uh, I was missing shit. But I wonder what's going Anything on with I him. Clea. Mm. True. And Clea back in my life. Mm. I will get prison break. Who is it just gonna be completely internal? How are they getting off? How the fuck are they getting off of that planet or off of that? I can't even begin to guess how the fuck they manage that. Uh, they would have to hijack a transport. Um, the stuff they rode in on. Uh, like they'd have to time it with like prisoner arrivals because the prisoner arrivals just like basically pulled up to pulled up to a part and like flew away. They're going to dress up. As the guards that came up to them in the first place to demonstrate the thing and then and kill the people. guards there and then turn around, get Ooh. on the ship and pop out. Maybe? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. Is there any third party that's going to be involved or is it just strictly no. them that gets There's them out nobody, on their own? Nobody coming to save them. Imagine Marva pulls up on a ship. That'd be, in, in that'd be there. That's the ship. Imagine the the transport like opens and it's B, and he's like Cassian. Like she's the only one who knew where he was going. Cassian sent little like postcards, maybe, and she's the one who put it together. Oh, he got sent to the prison system. That means he got sent to one of these camps. Something. Blah 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 blah. I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not gonna happen, but. Um, I'll throw it out there just in case Marva and B are just chilling on a ship to save them. But, uh, oh man, now I gotta wait a whole nother week, man. Shit. I don't want to wait a week, I but it makes it that much better. It. It makes it that much better, either. though. Um, yeah. yeah, but, anywho. With that, we conclude this episode of the Andor After Party. Mm. Another great week, another another fantastic week, and we are officially seventy five percent done with this show. We got three episodes left. Damn, 
If you were fucking with me and Joe this week, hop along on our Game of Thrones rewatch podcast, Winter is Blooming, coming every Monday for you. Uh, we're on episode two next Monday. It just began this week, so if you get on the train early, you can keep up the whole time. If you catch up later, uh, you'll have a lot more content to get through, and sorry and shit, but that's just the way it works. Uh, on Fridays, we got the 52-year journey through film, and this week brings us to another space epic, Interstellar, for 2014's movie of the year. And so we're discussing Interstellar this Friday. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, if you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom. That's C-O-R-O-B-L-O-O-M, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, tons of comic book and book reviews, some movie reviews over there. All that money goes into making sure I can put this podcast on because it costs money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. So please help the podcast out that way. If you would, head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod, follow on Instagram, at PennyBloomPodcast. I was Colton Roberts, and I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And nobody's listening. <laughs>